0: Okay, good evening. Ay-ay-ay. So a good geben to everyone. Um, <clears throat> so we're, tonight's class was dedicated by Daniel Kaplan in honor of his birthday on Yud Gimel. was Yod Aleph, yeah, so Shabbos, Shabbos is his birthday, may Hashem bless you with a good gebencht, a good gebencht, you are a really successful year in all your endeavors, in the material and in the spiritual, um, a year of, of a lot of expansion and abundance and and only, only good things, but Tei of and revealed good, thank you for that dedication. Um we are about to begin a discourse called Vadabera. I'm excited to learn on Hazino because because Azinu comes out in the middle of the holiday season and it a lot of times doesn't allow us to learn because when, depending on when Yantiv comes out uh, this year we do have the ability to learn a mimer on Hazinu very special beautiful mimer um, the mimer I un- kind of understand until, or I think I understand until we get to the end. The end, I totally don't get. Um, maybe with the merit of everybody learning together, um, we're going to be able to figure that out. It seems like Bachlala is a very kitzur mimer, It's a very, it's a very concentrated and short discourse. Um, so that makes it not easier; makes it harder. Um, especially the end seems to be very cryptic and the other version of this same mimer is in the memorum of the Alter Rebbe written by his son the Mittler Rebbe in the year Tav Kuf Samach Zayn. so it looks like that's the year that the Alter Rebbe said this discourse in the year Tav Kuf Samach Zayn, which would make it um, in the year um, 1806 okay um, yeah it's a very delicious mimer and it has some very beautiful uh, ideas especially one little line that really is extremely special at least the way I see it okay so let's let's learn so Moshe Rabbeinu turns to heaven and earth and he tells them pay attention heaven uh, and listen to me, Earth, and hear Earth. As um, Let the Earth hear Imrei P the words of my mouth. And we know that Moshe Rabbeinu was talking to the heaven and the earth because um, they are going to be test. They are going to be the uh, witnesses. They are going to bear testimony. On, the, on this song, on the content of the song. If you learn Pasha Azinu, you see that Moshe Rabbeinu is basically describing and telling the entire story of the Jewish people, whatever is going to happen. And when you read it, if you learn it well with Rashi just, you're amazed how the entire story of Azinu is our story, predicted three and a half thousand years ago by our first leader. Imagine having the eyes and the vision to be able to tell a nation Exactly what's going to happen three and a half thousand years later, and yet, obviously, it's prophecy. It's God speaking. You see, um, it talks about all of our trials and tribulations and hardships, and but it speaks about the Jewish people out outliving all of its persecutors and all of its uh, all those that try to annihilate us. It's really amazing. And who's going to bear testimony to this? Who's going to be alive? You know, Moshe can say, bear testimony, who's going to be alive? So Moshe turns to the one thing he knows are going to be alive. You can think about the sequoias. They're 2,000 years old, but they weren't around by Moshe. They were around maybe by David and Melech. So they're not around. You need something that is going to last. Well, Moshe says, we got the, the witnesses, heaven and earth, they're, they're, they're going to be around. And they're they're the only ones who are going to be as ancient as you are, the Jewish people. Uh, The only thing that is going to be as old as you are that can speak to you and tell you, I remember the first day is the heaven and earth. It's amazing. Just the whole, just the idea of Moshe Rabbeinu turning to heaven and to earth and speaking to this. It's not poetry. He's really talking to the heaven and the earth and telling him, stand by as witnesses, listen. You can imagine that heaven and earth stop to listen to Moshe Rabbeinu's declaration of what he said. It's an unbelievable Torah portion. But we know that the Torah has a chitsonius, the Torah has a body, and the Torah has a soul. So in the Mima we're going to learn now, he's going to explain that heaven and earth, besides physical heaven and physical earth, also has a deeper meaning, in which heaven and earth mean uh, the spiritual heavens and the spiritual earth. Who's the spiritual heaven and what's the spiritual earth? These are the two parts of Torah. The written Torah is the, the written Torah is the um, the heaven, the Torah Sav is the heaven, and Torah Shabalpeh, the Oral Law, is the earth. As he's going to explain why they're called heaven and earth. And when he calls out to to heaven and earth to bear witness, on a deeper level, it's the Torah bearing witness on the observance of the Jewish people. As The Torah stands by to testify. Both parts of the Torah, the heavenly part of the Torah, and the more earth part of Torah. And these serve as the two witnesses to testify whether we kept the Torah in the mitzvahs. And simply you learn, it testifies. How does it testify? Well, the Torah is a, is a living entity. And it can see. Like you say, eye in Roa, the eye sees. You know, the Sefer Torah in the Aaron HaKodesh has eyes. It sees. You think, you know, you think it... uh, (laughs) I saw a kind of... You know, in Yiddishkeit you can find anything. So this this Yom Kippur, someone gave me a little pamphlet. And uh, it was uh, little teachings about Yom Kippur from various different... Hasidic sources, most of them very positive. One of them was a little harsh, and the one that I saw, that I read, that I'm ready to share with you, is a little harsh. Uh, but it, but it has something to say. So it's being especially since after Yom Kippur, I can share it. Um, so it's a little mussar dig. It's it's a it's a it's a, Musur, a, a Musur thought where it talks about Kol Nidre and taking out the Sifri Torah and. So he says there was a a king who had three daughters, and he married his three daughters off to three men. The first one, he married her off to an aristocrat from a royal family. And he was a prince and grew up in 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 the royal, and he knew how to treat a princess. And he treated her magnificently. He knew who he married. He married this wonderful, wonderful princess, and he was always very, very delicate and very caring. They have a beautiful life. They, they had a life of love, of deep connection, and it was, it was just amazing. Fine. Then there was another one who he married him off to a businessman. The businessman, he was a pretty wealthy guy. He was a merchant. He traveled all over. Um, he, he did not have the same delicateness. Uh, he had a temper. He had an anger. He, 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 he mistreated the princess many times. But one thing he had, he had money. And he knew that he's married to whatever, and he liked her, you know. But he would get into nasty fights with her, and sometimes he would harm her. Uh, but then he would always make up. He would, whenever he would travel, he would come back with beautiful gifts. So kind of by doing that, he would appease her. So they kind of had like a little bit of a shaky marriage, but from time to time, or but most of the time, kind of he would work things out, and everything was nice and dandy again. And the third guy was a peasant. Uh, why did his daughter marry a peasant? I don't know, but uh, maybe she met him in the bar. Maybe she was a troublemaker. I don't know what. They got married, the three the three girls to these three. This peasant was a drunkard and he was a he was a violent person. He beat his wife up. He used vulgar language. Totally did not know how to money didn't either have to appease her. So it was a miserable life for her. Anyways the king has a birthday party and he's making a big celebration and he invites everybody to come and of course his Three daughters are of course invited to the party, and they're all coming. And when they come, so of course the first couple comes back to the king, and he comes to the uh, to the party, and everything is wonderful. He has nothing. He feels great. He's all happy. Second guy is a little nervous because he, I maybe mean, let's say they live far away, so the king doesn't get to see exactly what's going on. So the second guy is a little nervous because he's bringing you know his wife, and he's afraid that the wife will tell something to her father. Uh, so, of course, he he, he he loads her up with gifts before. And, he, and she comes and kind of, uh, she's okay. Because at this time, her husband has been nice to her for a little while. The third peasant uh, gets the invitation, the third guy. And he's in trouble. As of, in Yiddish you either should say, as of kahak hey, The guy doesn't know what to do because he's afraid to come back like this. Uh, she's got bruises. He's going to come back and bring his wife back. And the king is going to get all angry. So the day before, he starts talking to her, and this, and then being, trying to be as nice to her, and saying all kinds of nice things. And, and, and she, of course, tells him, you know, you, <laughs> you think you're going to do this? You think you're going to bribe me and break my father? You, you know, you're, you're, you're just a lowlife. Uh, you mistreated me all the time. And if you think you're going to get away with it, you're not going to. So he said, this is, this is what happens. He says, "Come, Yom Kippur. He says, there's three groups of Jews. There are the tzaddikim, who know how to treat the Torah beautifully. And all year long, they treat the Torah in the most beautiful manner. And they treat the princess. No, the comes Yom Kippur on the day of the family. And they come back with the Torah, and everything is gavaldim. Then you have the benanim, you have the average people, he says. So they treated the princess from time to time. They violated the Torah. But most of the time, they cherish the Torah. They support people who learn Torah. They give they this, They like giving tzedakah. They, they, even though they themselves don't always act the nicest. Sometimes they'll violate something. But in general, they have this high regard and respect. And then there's the third category, the people that just trample on it all all along, violate all don't have any respect uh, for people who study and learn and stuff like that. And suddenly before Yom Kippur, he says, and they come to shul and they take out the Torah and they're running to kiss the Torah and the the wife says, why are you kissing me? Like, this is why you treated me with Kishter. (laughs) Now you're coming to kiss the day of the week. Get out of here. So that was a little harsh to read that. But why am I saying that? It's because the Torah has eyes, the Torah is alive, the Torah sees. When you. you go to kiss the Torah, when you take out the Torah by Nihilah, the Torah knows your relationship with it, how much you cared it. Down. So that's on one level, that the Torah is testifying mamish by speaking to God, saying, did they observe? They didn't observe. But in the mimer over here, he takes it in a much higher level, a much deeper level. He explains that the testimony that the Torah has to give, the Torah doesn't have to say anything to give te- to bear testimony whether the Jewish people are observing it or not. The, the mere appearance of the Torah, that, that itself is witness. Just like you can say the girl can come home and the, the father takes one look at his daughter and he sees how she was treated. He doesn't have to say anything. The to- God sees the Torah and he knows how the Jewish people treated it. Why? Because the, the life of the Torah is pumped the godly life force that's in the Torah, the Torah has holiness and godliness in it. The Torah is a garment for God. And God only fills that garment if the Jewish people are observing it. If Yidin are not observing the Torah, and they're not, or even if they're observing it, but they're not observing it diligently, and they're not observing it out of love, with a desire to connect to God, then the Torah is lifeless. So the Torah itself is... Or or, if any, is it, or or the Torah he might be totally emaciated. So the Torah grows with us because Hashem's interest in the Torah is because the Torah is a medium through which He can nurture and nourish our souls and connect to our souls. So we have to continuously pump life in the Torah through our Torah study and our observance. We make the Torah be the Torah we make the mitzvah be a mitzvah. And without the Jew, there is no mitzvah, and there is no Torah. So the Torah changes every day. It's not the same two people think, it's not Torah. The Torah is not. The Torah sometimes is alive. It's sometimes chas and the Torah is, uh, needs help, needs serious help. So by Hashem looking at the Torah, that itself is, ta- is Beer's witness on the degree of observance. And that's what he's going to explain. That's a synopsis of the mind. He's going to explain this idea. How is it that our observance draws life into the Torah, and how do we do that? That's the main thrust of the of the mind. So let's read inside. Listen up, Heaven. And I will speak. And the earth will hear. Let it drip like rain. My uh, my words. Let it. Drip, drip. Um, Yaref means let it flow like rain. Tizal let it, no. Maybe Yaref is drip. Tizal let it flow. Katal like do, Imrasi my words. Because he's going to explain, that's the end that I don't understand. He's going to explain there's two levels of Torah. One is like rain and one is like do, And that, we'll, we'll leave that when we get to the end. Okay. But first he's going to explain this idea that Torah, both levels of Torah, Torah Shabik Sav and Torah Shabal Peh, the written law and the oral law are the witnesses. He So over here, it doesn't say that they're witnesses. Here, he just says, "Listen, heaven, hear earth." But in last week's parsha, parsha's vayelech, Moshe Rabbeinu says, "Stand by." He tells the Jewish people. Imagine when he said that to them. He said, hey, "Can everybody wait here a minute? I'm going to call some witnesses. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to bring heaven and earth to testify about your observance." That's what he says. And the sedra before this it says, Omar, it says, Hay Doisi Bachem I bear I bear witness to you today, as a Shamayim Vesarets, the heaven and the earth. Hine Shamayim V'arat. So who are the Shemayim V'arats that are the witnesses? Hine Shamayim V'arats and Torah Shabiksav, that is the written Torah the Torah Shabalpah, and the oral Torah. Torah Shabiksav Nikrashamayim. The written Torah is called Shamayim, heaven. Why? Why is written Torah called heaven? Because in the word Shamayim is made up, Rashi says, Shamayim, over there is water. And Chazal always tell us, Ein Mayim el Torah. Mayim is Torah. Torah is, is called water. And why is Torah called water? Just like water, the Gemara says, just like water only goes, assembles in a low place, so to the Torah will only come in a place of where there is humility. Someone who is arrogant, the Torah does not rest in him. The deeper Hasidic explanation is, just like the, what's the whole point of Torah? Just like water always travels to a low place, from a high place to a low place, so Torah is infinitely sublime, infinitely high. It's God's incomprehensible, utterly unknowable wisdom. And the Torah flows downward, which means it descends all the way down here. And the chiddush of water, by the way, in water descending, light also can come down. But when light travels, it gets weaker and weaker and weaker as it goes. The light, the rays of light are not the same. Every light, uh, as as the light is shining, the ray is getting weaker. Not so with water. Water, it's the very same water that was on the top of the hill, um, is at the bottom of the hill. So it comes down as it is. And that's the chiddush of Torah. That the very, very incomprehensible, infinite wisdom of God is zip-drived. That's what it is. God zips it. When He brings it down, He compresses it in a manner that we can understand it, but it remains His incomprehensible, infinite wisdom. That's why it's compared to water. Shamayim stands for the words Shamayim. Over there is water, over there is Torah. So that's why it's referring to Torah Shabikzav, the written Torah. You now, he doesn't explain first, we'll see soon, why it's the written Torah. It's Torah Bachlau. What's it to do with the written Torah? But that we'll see in a minute. Nikro Shamayim, Kishamayim, not Rikin. The Shamayim stands for Shamayim over there is water. Vah Torah, Nimshal and the Torah is compared to water. like it says in the Pasuk, Hoi, Kol Sama, the navi is calling out, "Hoy, givald!" I think that's what Hoy would stand for. Something like saying, "Givald, cold summer." Anybody that's thirsty, L'chul go to water. And as the Alter explains it, if you're thirsting for godliness, if, if your soul is ablaze and you're yearning because you want to get close to Hashem, if you carried a little bit of Yom Kippur in with you till today and you still feel what you had yesterday, by just at this a little earlier. Ni'ilah, uh, the fifth prayer, where we all were crying out from the depth of our soul, we want to be close to you, Hashem. Well, you can't grasp, you can't, you can't be intimate with God only through the Torah. Any other way? So the Torah is saying, uh, the Navi says, kol sama." If you're thirsting for Hashem, go drink the water because that's where God flows down. That's Hashem's flow is through the Torah. But Alkupanim, what do you see from here? In any case, what do you see from here? Torah is compared to water. And Shamayim stands for Shamayim. Over there is water. Now, that's why we also find that the Nosen HaTorah, who was the one who brought the Torah to the world? Moshe Rabbeinu. And Moshe Rabbeinu was a soul plucked from the water. Since Moshe Rabbeinu is the one who has to transmit the Torah, so he has to come from the world of Torah. So Moshe Rabbeinu is, is So she drew him out. We'll see soon. Water is a kinui, is a, a symbolic for what's for Chachma. Chachma is called Mayim. So Moshe Rabbeinu's neshama comes from Chachma and she drew him out of the water, into this world. Meaning he comes from a world of wisdom, of divine wisdom. And then Moshe Rabbeinu brings those waters that he is so comfortable with because he he comes from that world of wisdom. he's the only one who was able to capture that wisdom and bring it down. Okay, she drew him out of water. But now you can ask a question. That's what I asked earlier. Torah has two parts: Torah Shabbaksav, Torah Shabbalpeh. He's going to say soon that Torah Shabbalpeh is called Earth. Only Torah Shabbaksav. Only the written Torah is called water. So why is it that if we're saying that it's, it's Mayim, Mayim is Torah. Particularly the written Torah. Why? Because it's by way of an analogy, What is the thing about water? We have water over here in the cup. The thing about water is that water doesn't have a color. It's colorless. By it being colorless, what is the thing is that you have very little grasp on it in the sense that it it's, doesn't really it doesn't have much of a definition it's, it's clear um, mm-hmm. on their own water doesn't have a color their color changes in accordance to the keili that you put it into in accordance to the color of the keili that you put him into Im if you put it into a red keli, if you put it into a red um, uh, mug or actually a glass, a red glass or a, a, a glass dyed red, so then it's going to have it's going to look red. If you put it into a blue glass, it'll be blue. The hakeli, according to the keli, because it doesn't have any color. Kaha Torah, so too is Torah Bigsav. Torah Sav is very ambiguous. It doesn't have color to it yet. It's and not only that, it's not at all, it doesn't have any fixed information. It's just it's just water. You can't. kachat Torah, because it's all godly wisdom, it says, no, you think you understand it, but you don't understand. No matter how much you learn, you don't you, you can't define it. It's not it doesn't lend itself to any definition. On the one hand, it doesn't lend itself to any definition. On the other hand, it it defines itself in accordance to every person learning it. And to every definition, I mean obviously you have to work, it has to be Torah SMS. Right, it has to be real Torah. Shiva panim the Torah 70. It says actually the Shiv in the Torah. 60 uh, backsides of the Torah, which means a construed Torah. But as long as someone is learning Torah with holiness and with devotion and really cares, so you'll come up with a chiddush, you'll come up with a pshat in the pasuk. Right? So you, that means you color it according to your understanding. Rashi colors one pasuk according to one understanding and the Ramban colors it with a different color. This week we learn, I'll give you a, a perfect example, how you have a Khsidish Torah and a misnagdish Torah. In Harzino, it's so clear, two Torahs. It says, remember the days of the past. Binu Remember the generation, the years, of door, door, of generation to generation. So what does it mean, remember, understand, the generation, door, door. So Rashi gives two Pirushim. The first perushim, what, what, does it mean? What, what, what do we have to Remember, it's an fascinating Rashi. Rashi says, the two gener- what are the two generations that we should remember? One generation is the door Enosh. The door Enosh was uh, the door that served, they began, uh, idolatry began in that generation. A couple of generations removed from, from Adam and So they began already f- to disconnect. And they started idolatry. And God brought a massive tsunami. And he literally wiped away, killed out a third of mankind. And that was a punishment. That was what? Second generation is the generation of the flood. In other words, if you wanna, if you, if the pasuk is saying, I want you to behave. If you don't behave, you should remember something that's gonna make you behave. See what I can do. God says, I, the first generation that messed with me, I wiped away a third of them. Um, and if that that self doesn't inspire you, so uh, so then you should know it was a second generation that I wiped out all. In, All of mankind besides one family. So that's one pirush in the meaning of dor dor. Okay? Then Rashi says another pirush in dor dor. What does it mean generation to generation? Not look into the past of what could have happened. Look at the future. Hashem, look at the two generations that are going to be if you behave and you do what's right Hashem has the ability and the capabilities to give you shnei doros. Y'moisa Moshiach the days of Mashiach, va'olam haba, which means, and the resurrection of the dead. Now, when I was, what it got me when I was teaching Chumash here, was I can I said, to the people that were here, but I said, can you believe this? It's the same words, door-door. And one pirush is that we're talking about the darkest moment in history when Hashem destroyed everybody. And that's your inspiration. What God can do to you and He can hurt you. Or the inspiration is, you're going to do a mitzvah, you're going to bring Mashiach. You're going to bring not just Mashiach, So what do you see? The Torah lends itself. <laughs> How are you going to read it? It can be Azai, it can be Azai. If you learn a Slabotka, it's like this. If you learn here, it's like this. And it has a different pirush based on your orientation. So there are those people that are inspired more by Mashiach than inspired by threats of annihilation. Other people, if you tell them that there's going to be, uh, you know, Armageddon happening soon, and everybody that's not behaving is going to be—that's the inspiration, right? So everybody has their Indian, but only Torah Shabik Sav is that way. Torah Peh is already defined. It, 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 even though there are Mishnas, there are things that uh, that 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 the, that, the, um, that that seems to show more of, of, of punishment and harshness, and there's more that speaks inspirational and good and to positive. Two, but they're two different things. It's not the same pasuk. See, because in Torah Shabbal things are already defined, but in Torah Sav, it's like water. It's still, in other words, it's still Maila minhasaga. It's higher than definition. It's higher than grasping, and that's why Torah Shabbiksav chumish is called water, sham mayim, shamayim, water. water. So too, the Torah originates in the supernal Chachma, Chakim, he is wise. And not with a knowable. Even though God is wise, but it's not with a knowable knowledge. With a knowable Yiddiyya that we can know. It's a type of knowledge that's beyond even the, the Geder. It's not saying it's, it's just too deep, you can't grasp it. It's outside of the rules of intellect. I mean, that's how deep it is. It's beyond the entire Indian of Seichel. Because Chachm is not yet Bina. Bina is already understanding. Bina is divine understanding, but Bina is understanding already. This is beyond the, 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 uh, the realm. It's beyond the realm of grasping. The Hakabola. And receiving it. You can't receive it yet. It's, it's transcendent. And he says, and that's how, where do you see this transcendence of Torah? Is that you see the entire Torah is stories. And if you really, and how do you know you really don't understand anything? If you think you understand the story. Now, if you think you understand the story, then you know you're not knowing a thing. Because really, all it is is a code, it's a hidden code. And every word has infinite layers because the letters exchange. So there is thousands of stories going on, layers and layers and layers and layers, speaking about everything that ever was and ever will be, and infinitely beyond that. I mean, I mean, it's 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 endless. The Torah has got everything, right? It's when when David Admelch said, kind of, it's a map of the cosmos. He was punished for that because he's belittling the wisdom of the Torah. That that's what it is. It's 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 way, way, way beyond that, but, inclu- but in, including that. So it's not the story. But the fact that you see it's a story, and you can reduce it, Chas to a storybook, is a sign that what? That it's higher than understanding. Because if it would be a book of like Chinese Proverbs, like, and you can open it up, and you see all these great wise, wise teachings, which you would expect, the Torah to me, this is the document given by God for the world, so you would think you would have all these wise teachings in this book, ancient teachings, like Pirkei like Ethics of the Fathers, and like that. Then you would say, oh, but then the problem is, that then that's all that it would be. Okay, learn a little more, a little deeper. But now that you see that it's a storybook, like God gave you Little Red Riding Hood, and not only that, it's not Stama's storybook, it's a storybook written terribly. It's a very, very bad written book. The Torah, meaning it's it's got grammatical mistakes. It's got. I mean, if you want to write something, you'd get really uh, you'd flunk your writing thing if you write a book like that. You need so many tikkunim and rashi, uh, uh, but, but that's the Torah. So you see that it's really a code. It's a really, really, really a code that is. Uh, so see, it's totally beyond understanding. Elachach therefore torah therefore the whole Torah hurak The Torah is only stories bavad bam hasaga cloud. We don't have any hasaga, like the Zohar says. If someone thinks that all the Torah is is the story, Rav Shimon Ba Yochai makes a gavald in Zohar, like how horrible how this person is like to think that all there is is that story. Ba'amkus in the depth of secrets that are concealed in them, that is beyond any, not just human comprehension. It's beyond celestial, angelic comprehension, it's beyond even divine comprehension, it's outside of the realm of comprehension. That's the point. And even though there has some laws, which there you can say already it's more of a serious part of the Torah, it's got laws, which we would think that, like, that that's really more understandable and so first of all, here he doesn't say it, but in other Memoriam he says, even that, the laws are not written as a law book, it's written as a story. And God spoke to Moshe, and he told him, speak to the Jewish people and say, instead of saying, okay, these, he, like, here are laws, and this is a book of laws, and these are the laws. It says it all as a story. Yeah. So you see that even that is a story. Even the, even the laws are given to us as a story. No, and, but here he, here he doesn't mention that. Here he mentions something else. Even the laws that are there are so vague that you don't really know at all what the law is by learning chumash. and if you try to apply chumash to give you yiddishkeit and to think that you're going to get observance from chumash, then you are then you're living a life of of complete arrogance and real amaratus. You can't be a Jew trying to follow the tzedukim even though they ignore Torah Shebel and they try to live their life according to Torah they too, uh, have the things follow Torah Shebel It's only a few things that they were stubborn. But you can't. You can't derive halacha from, from chumash. It doesn't tell you anything. At the best, you get an idea. Like, how much of, uh, of Masech sukkah is there in the chumash? Well, what do you know from that? You make a booth. but is Teh a sukkah I mean, there's a whole Masech sukkah of When it's kosher, when it's not kosher, what kind of schach you can use, how many walls does it have to be? I mean, all these. I mean, it's 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 complicated halachis and all of that. You have no idea, and you learn it out because it says three times basukais and two of and that and two of them it says with an extra vav. One of them it says with an extra vav, and two of them it says without a vav. And the Chazal learn out so many halachis from this basukays, basukays, basukays. All, but it's a code from the chumash itself. You don't know anything. This is all again implying that the level of Torah Shebik is chachma, wisdom that is higher than bina, than intellect. And therefore it's called water, because water, again, is colorless. doesn't have a color. And more than that. But he does say, when does it get a color? It's not the water is colorless, but it does get a color. When does it get a color? In the cup. Once you put it in a cup, that's it gets a color. So here he doesn't say it, but in the parallel mimer he says, when you didn't do the mitzvahs, when you didn't do the mitzvahs, actualize it in a mitzvah, then the Torah gets a color. Because before that, you don't really know even if it's blue, if it's yellow, if it's green water. You don't know anything. But once it turns into a mitzvah, the mitzvah ready in its actual form has a certain flavor. This mitzvah is a chesed mitzvah. The other mitzvah is a gavurah mitzvah. Like different things. That's after it comes into a keli. The keli is the mitzvah; it comes into observance. But as it is still in the Torah state, it's water beyond color. It's not explained at all. With all their details, until of the, the, of the of the Talmud, the sages of the Talmud came along, appeared Shu'isa, and they explained. The Torah Shebiksav, the written Torah. Good. So that's why Torah is called water, and that's why it's called Shamayim Kusham Mayim. Now, the Torah Shabalpeh and the Torah Shabalpeh, the the Oral Torah. Nikra Aretz. The Oral Torah is called Eretz. Okay. And it's funny, he doesn't give any explanation in this Mimer. on why Torah Shabah is called Eretz. It's called Eretz. That's Shammai, and this is Eretz. So, but but in the Tzemach Tzedek, the Tzemach Tzedek over here, not in here. See, usually the Tzemach Tzedek has his footnotes inside the discourse. In this where the Tzemach Tzedek doesn't have any footnotes in the discourse. I don't know why, but there is an Ur HaTorah from the book of the Tzemach Tzedek where he, he where he keeps on in, in, he puts in his discourse. So the Tzemach Tzedek says, the Torah Shabbat Pen Nikra Aretz. This is not inside. I'm, I'm not reading from inside now. This is just a note that I'm reading from here. Nech tev It's been written on the side. Look in these or parshas ve'era. L'chein Mor l'bnei Look over there. By the pasuk va'avei eschem Over there in Torah or, which is the first sefer of Lakuti Torah. Over there in that maimari explains why Torah Shabal passed called Eretz look in the Kisi, which is the first mimer of Torah or in Bereshach and that mimer he says heaven is my seat and the earth hadom is where I put my foot, my footstool so over there he explains the Torah Shabbat and Torah Shabbat and in another few mimer so I looked up and there's different, different ideas uh, but just a brief idea which I don't know why the Tzemach Tzedek is not is not pointing directly to this, which would be the most obvious. But why he's not pointing to it, I don't know. But I am going to say it again. I'm, because the Tzemach doesn't say it, I'm scared to say it. But I'll be this. Shemayim and Arets are husband and wife. Shemayim is the, is the mashpiyah, is the, is the one that's giving. And the earth is the receiver. The earth receives the rains. And then she produces children. The children she produces is the, um, is all the vegetation. So Torah Shabiksav and Torah Peh are also husband and wife. Torah Shadiksav Shabiksav has one word, one pasuk, one nekudah. What, what is the wife? What is the wife with the, the, in the relationship of mother and, and father, in, in particularly in having children? The, the way things work is that the, the father gives the essence of the child, and then the mother takes it in the womb. And she opens it up and finds all the details and creates a full-fledged human being with 248 limbs with all the details. So that's exactly what Torah Shabal Pah does. Torah Shabal Pah takes... Torah Shabal Pah takes the... the... the, um, the uh, inyanim of Torah Sav, the, the this, what we said before, um, um, ambiguity, um, ambiguity of Torah Shabik Sav, that you don't know anything... And Torah Shabbal defines it. But it's a Macabal, it receives. Torah Peh, The written, the oral Torah doesn't have anything of its own. Everything she needs to receive from her husband. She doesn't have anything, just like whatever the mother pro- produces in her child, she didn't get from anybody else, only from her husband. She, she got the, 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 what her husband had, had transmitted, and from there she creates the child. Torah Shabal Peh, does not have anything other in it than that's why every 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 mishnah. What does the Gemara say on every mishnah? Menah hanamili. Where do I know it? What's the source? Menah hanamili. Give me the source for this, and then I'll know. Um, You know which which pasuk you learn from here, you learn from there. Is an extra vav. All these all these. That's what the Gemara is busy the whole time. How does the mishnah derive? How do you derive this halacha from the pasuk? So Torah shabbat is a makavel from Torah Shabbat. So ouretz is a. But maybe the problem with that is that that's stamazoi, that's husband and wife. You don't see any anything about arets particularly. That Indian is husband and wife. God ish isha. Shamayim, we explained why it's Torah about Shibiksaf, because it's mayim. That's the idea of shamayim. Shamayim is beyond definition. So you have to look and in arets. Also, something that characterizes arets a relationship, other than that she is a, rec- a makabal. Something in the quality of aretz itself. That's why it could be that Tzemach Tzedek doesn't say this. And he's looking for something else because maybe there's something in particular that aretz has. So from the three places, there's a few different explanations. But one of the explanations, the easiest explanation is, Eretz comes from the word ratzon, will as i'll say why is eretz called eretz sharat sashi desire to do the will of, of its creator the earth wanted to do things has a desire to do the will of god eretz is rots racing running desire god's desire reveals itself in torah shabbah pe in torah shabbah you have no clue what god wants if you want to live your life in accordance to god's will you want to fix your life. You want to align yourself to be living a life, and you know that Hashem wants me to live like this. You must consult Torah Shabbat, and that is the Shulchan Aruch. You can't consult, as we said, Torah Shabbat because you have no clue. So, Torah Shabbat does not give you Hashem's Ratzon. Torah Shabbat gives you little hints, little hints. God likes the seventh day, he wants some kind of a rest. But you can be resting Shabbos and sleeping in bed all day long and watching television and not at all fulfilling God's will. Right? Because you're not, you need Torah Pan to tell you what the zone is. So the zone is revealed in Torah Shabbat. It's interesting, the first mimer that he points to, which explains why Eretz is called Eretz, over there he doesn't explain why it's called Eretz. Over there he explains why it's called, at least from what I saw. He explains why it's called Eretz Tova Urachava. The land, it's called, the land of Israel is actually called. It's not just earth, it's Eretz Yisrael. The land of Israel is, is, called, is called Eretz. It's Torah Bix. I'm sorry, Toreshab Land of Israel. So what is the Kiddush about the land of Israel? What does it say about the land of Eretz Yisrael? It says Eretz Toiva Urachava. Chazal say, why is, why is Eretz Yisrael called Rachava? Actually, on on, on, Rachava means broad. If you look on the map, the tiniest country is Israel. It seems to be so, you can hardly see it. How do we call it? Eretz Toiva? Maybe if you call, you know, Russia, uh, Eretz Toiva, Rachava. Broadness? But what's the broadness? So the Chazal say that um, the reason why it's called Eretz Rechav is because it's like an Eretz Atzvi. Eretz Yisrael is a land that has a rough, enough room for whoever needs to live there. The more people come to live there the more it stretches. The more you need, it stretches. stretches. You don't need to have a big land. It's like a land of bitach, Like a person who lives with Bitach. doesn't have to have a penny in the bank. He knows whatever he needs, he gets. Just leave it up. The bank can be at zero. It's the best way to live. By the way, you don't have a penny in the bank tomorrow, but you know whatever you need, the Eibaster provides. Then you're then you're living infinite. Then you have no. You know, then you know, then you can mamish the, live relaxed without any problems because you know whatever is that's called. But Eretz Yisrael has that. When many people come, there'll be a place. More people come, there'll be more. when all the Jews came to Jerusalem. It says, no one ever said, I'm squished. There was enough place. If we came to the Beit HaMikdash, they bowed down. There was place for everybody. All right? So there was place. And Eretz Yisrael is that way. It will stretch. The more people come, the broader it becomes. Oh, the same idea applies to Torah Shabal Peh. In Torah Shabik Sav, here's an amazing thing. a Torah Shabik Sav, in, the, in the written Torah, being that it's a code, the code has to be kept impeccably. You can't add one letter, you can't subtract a letter. You move something away because it's all hints, it's all codes. And in a code, everybody knows, a code has to be written. If I'm giving you a code, what's the code to enter your, uh, your house? What's the code to the safe? It has to be accurate to the button. Well, same as a code with a phone number or an email. These are all codes. Anything that's a code has to be exactly. But if I'm writing an essay, if I'm conveying an idea, if I'm giving a concept, the words are not that important. The idea is what's important. And if the idea expands, or or if I say it, I say it in my words. Then you can I can write the same piece in ten pages, and you might decide to write the page in five pages and cut it down and this. But it's the same idea, it's the same concept. The words grow. Now, the more the idea expands, the more words become. The more the sechel, the intellect of it grows, the more, the more it grows. So Eretz Torah Shabal has that has that quality. The more how big is Torah Shobet? Well, well, think about it. In the early, early days it was pretty small. Then came the Mishnah and the Mishnah. Then came the Gemara and added on. And then came all the Rishonim, and the Akronim and then, and then came the Shukanarach and, uh, 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 and going. And now there's more and more Svarim printed every day with Chidushi Torah. And if he call Mashatamad Vasik Lachadish. So it's, the more, in, the more knowledge you derive from Torah Shebik Sa'av, the more you're, you're expounding, the you're more you're developing it, the more the words become. So it's Eretz Toi Varechava, it's a land that broads. Another third Indian of why it's called Eretz, is, as the Tzamech tzaddik is pointing to, it's called Eretz Yisrael. Yisrael is God. The supernal man is called Yisrael, Adam. The man above. He's called Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael means it's the legs of Yisrael. It's the legs of Hashem. It's the feet. As it says, Eretz Hadom Ragli, where I put my feet. Torah Sha Peh takes the divine, the abstract divine, and gives him feet on earth. Because through Torah Peh, we have how to, how God's God's rulership, God's dominion on earth. The Ebrister plants his feet on earth through observance. Which how do we know what the observance is? Torah Shabbat. So it's 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 the it's the grounding element of the divine down here below. But I'll for all these various different reasons. Eretz Torah um, Shabbat is called Eretz. Good. Once we know that, now we come to the next part of the mimer. Which over here he's going to explain. Now this these two witnesses need to be well fed. Then and how do they testify? By how they look. If the two witnesses are looking robust and healthy and strong, the Torah Shabik'sav and Toreshb is gesund, right? So then you know that the Jews have been really, really pumping it with life. If the Taurushabik and the Torah Shabik'sav look emaciated, and dried, and, and skin and bones, is a sign that Jews were not learning it. Because the Torah is dependent on the Jewish people. We give it its life, or we give it its nourishment. Why? Because the, the whole power of the Torah is that God dwells in it. Now the Torah is called the garment of Hashem. We learned about it in the last Mayim or before Yom Kippur, that Hashem wraps Himself, it's His garment, like white snow, Torah or, Torah is, O or Hashem dresses Himself. The question is, is the king dressed or the king is not dressed? The king can go to sleep and to re- remove his garments. Right? The Torah, God has to dress Himself in the Torah. If God doesn't dress Himself in the Torah, the Torah is an empty, hollow thing. Chas for Shalom, it's possible to have an empty Torah without God being inside of it. Who requires, who is the one that calls for to make sure that Hashem enclothes Himself in the Torah? That's B'nai Yisrael. Because the only reason Hashem dresses Himself in the Torah is so that He can communicate with us. Because we're really rooted in Him higher than the Torah. But when we come into creation, we're down here, and our only method of connection is through the Torah. So when Nishmas Yisrael learn Torah, they're actually bringing Hashem into the Torah. We make the Torah, we create the Torah. We give the Torah its soul. That's our and that's the deeper meaning of this is the khiddish of learning Torah Lishma. So without Hasidus, Hasidus, learning Torah Lishmah means learning Torah for the sake of the Torah. Meaning? Because it's Torah, not for ulterior motives. It means don't learn Torah that people should say, Oh, this guy's a Lamdan. Don't learn Torah so you can be use it as a profession. Don't learn Torah as a way of making as 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 your as your way of making money or whatever it is, or that you should be honored. Learn Torah because it's Torah. That's that's the the simple understanding. Comes Chassidus and says, learning Torah lishma really means lishma means for the sake of dveikus. Sake of dveikus. Dveikus. That the reason you're learning Torah is because you want to. It's not the Torah that you're learning. You want God, and you can't have God only through the Torah. That's what Hasidus teaches us. Lima, the Torah, And that's what really was the, one of the main Chidushim of Hasidus. It's not Chidush, but that was really the thrust of the Baal Shem Tov. And the whole movement of Hasidus came to say, because you had a lot of Torah scholars. You had Vilna, Shklov, people sat and learned all day. Hasidus said, however, you should want God, you should daven too. Davin with a burning desire, I want to connect to the Abishter. Your soul is burning. Now, how are you going to realize that? You'll learn Torah as a means of connecting to God. To learn Torah just because of Torah is a form of idol worship. That's not Lishma. Go deep. You want God. God is the only reality. And you're going to connect to God through the Torah. That's Torah Lashma For the real means. comes the Alter Rebbe here. And he says, now there's even a deeper meaning of Torah, Going back to the first meaning, learning Torah for the sake of the Torah. But, very different than what we said before. The first meaning, on the shallow level, learning Torah for the sake of the Torah, is you're learning Torah because you like the Torah. The Torah is... It's 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 intellectually stimulating, and ultimately, you know, it's Hashem's Torah. Whatever that—that's why you're learning it because it's, it's special. It's it's a gift given to us from God. You cherish it. You're learning Torah for the Torah. Higher than that, you're learning Torah to cleave to Hashem. But the real deep meaning is: learn Torah for the sake of the Torah, for her sake. Because when you're going to learn it, the Torah is going to receive life. Learn Torah so you can give the Torah CPR. Give the Torah life give the Torah, make the Torah be alive. Lishma draw life. So that's taka for the sake of the Torah. The Torah needs the Jew to learn it for the Torah to be the Torah. So the second pirush, you're a makabal. See, the person who's learning Torah according to the second pirush, the first Hasidic interpretation, which is learning Torah for dveikus. The Torah is higher than you. And you're learning Torah because through the medium of the Torah, you're connecting to Hashem through the Torah. But on a deeper level, you're learning Torah to give with, with nisham, because your is even higher than the Torah. And by you learning Torah, you're bringing life into the Torah. Torah l'shema. For the sake of the Torah. And that's what he says over here. Let's read it inside. Uh, and these are the witnesses in front of Hashem, al Yisrael, on on the condition of the Jewish people. What's our condition? Because in the Torah in these witnesses it is recognizable in if the yidn kept and received the Torah and the mitzvahs, because they call mitzvah mitzvah because through every mitzvah that we do he's not not only by learning Torah as well but now he's first focusing by doing a mitzvah, by us fulfilling the mitzvah, we draw Hashem's light into the Torah, because through the Torah, Hashem's light reaches the mitzvahs. But when we do the mitzvah, <speaking in Hebrew> Because we want that the Or Ein Sof, the Infinite One, blessed as He, should rest, should dwell, <speaking in Hebrew> See, Because Torah in its own, as we said earlier in Mayim, it's chachma. <speaking in Hebrew> Chachma is only an attribute. It's not God. It's only a lavush. It's only a garment. The orange self, the infinite light, infinitely transcends Chachma. So you need to coax him, invite him into Chachma. Ki metzad as he explains over here, because on his own, hu he is elevated he is exalted, and elevated, myriads of levels, not just myriads, infinitely higher than Chachma. Hashem is infinitely infinite. You know what he's infinite? Not one level, not two, not three, not ten. Not, uh, infinite. Infinite levels higher than the Torah. Higher than Chachma, from the level of Chachma. And as it says, there's no thought that can grasp him. That means, and, and thought doesn't just mean a thought. Thought means even wisdom itself. Chachma is also called a thought. Chachma can't even grasp him. He's infinitely beyond Chachma. However, when a Jew down here learns Torah and he's trying to grasp, when the Yid wants to grasp God through the Torah, and through the f- performance of a mitzvah, he activates a download. He activates the, the orange Sof to download into the channel. And the channel is the Torah and the mitzvahs. But you need the Jew, the physical Jew down here in this world to accomplish it. The Jews make the Torah every day. We are the revelation of, of godliness. For Hashem to dwell and to enclose Himself in them, in the Torah and in the mitzvahs. Like it says, These are the mitzvahs. Ha-adam, these are the mitzvahs that man should do them. Hear these words. The Torah says, These are the mitzvahs that man should do. V'chai bahem, and he should live with them, simply. Chay bahem means that you should live your life with these mitzvahs, the deeper meaning you should do them, and by you doing them, v'chai bohem, you will bring chai, you will bring the one who really lives, the true chai, the real life force, and life source, bohem, into these channels, into the mitzvahs. V'hem daika, mamish and dem, p'dishem mam'shech oren soif, v'yidiz the oren soif, mechai hachaim, from the fountain head of life, liyoshay rebehem, to dwell in the Torah. And that's what Chazal say, V'asisem osam. The Pesach says, V'asisem osam. But the word osam, we say it in the parsh of Tsitsis every day, in Kriyashamah. V'asisem osam, you should do them. The word osam is missing above. So you can read it, V'asisem atem. You should make them. V'asisem. Who should make? Atem. You make them into a mitzvah. Atem. Atem. Ki ilu asu'uni. It says, as If also you've made me. Because God over here, meaning God as He is in a human form. And what's Hashem's human form? The Torah and the mitzvahs. So you created me into a form. You draw me down. And this is Hulu. And this is what it means to learn Torah lishma, for, for, for the Torah's sake. And this means for the sake of the Torah itself. Why is this a Hazinu Maimer? Why is this a Hazinu Maimer? Because tafka when it comes to Parshat after Yom Kippur, and after we the Jewish people have connected yesterday by the to our quintessential source, we've risen above the Torah, and from there we come to bring life into the Torah. And that's the deeper meaning why after Yom Kippur we have Simchas Torah. Simcha's Torah means not that we're rejoicing with the Torah. Simcha's Torah means that the Torah is besimcha. Why is the, the Torah besimcha? The Torah is besimcha with the Jewish people because we're bringing light to it. The Torah wants to dance with the Jew because the Jew is the one who gave him his life for the next coming year. Simcha's Torah, the Torah is besimcha from the Yid being Mamshech, that or, the new light. From, through the t'kiah shaifar, through the Tshuva, through the deep connection with God, we draw life into the Torah. I think that's the it's one of the Haggai's of the Tzemach Tzedek over here, where he adds that idea, and that's Simchas Torah. because through this, Hukore o mamshech through the person learning, the person is calling. Yeah? Learning Torah or always referred to it as Koreh Torah. Simply means you read in the Torah. The deeper meaning, see how everything is so precise. You read, like you're reading a newspaper, you're reading, I'm reading. I'm reading. Kore, you're calling God Himself. Kore, you're calling Him. Like you're calling your friend to come close. Kore, you're calling the revelation of the Oyrein Tzoyf. Bit Torah into the Torah. Kanizkale, as we said before. This is what it says in the Pasuk. Call hanikro in this pasuk very very carefully. It has in the pasuk, I think in Yeshaya, Kol Hanikra. Every everybody that is called Bishmi in my name, or all that is called in my name, Ulechvodi and for my honor, Barasiv. I create. I created him. Yitzartev. I formed him. Asisiv, I've also made him. So we know that Barasiv, Yitzartev, Asisiv is referring to the three levels of creation. Briya is the first world. Yitzira, and then Asiyah, the physical. But what does it mean, kol hanikra Bishmi everything that's called, all that is called in my name, u and for my honor. So the way he translated it is like this, kvodi, my honor, is the Torah. The Torah is called God's honor. That's how God gets honored. What? And we know that Pirkei Yavis, it says, v'ein Torah. We're going to sing it by Mipikel. Right? The Torah is called kavod, covet. Why is the Torah called covet? How does a person get know, But really, the most immediate thing that gives a person covet are the way he dresses. Last week we learned that there is a klipah. If a person... covid is very dangerous, we learned last week. Remember last week we were learning about the unholy makifim? You need to remove the makif of klipah. That Yom Kippur, the makifim. And that comes from a person overdressing. When a person is pumping his ego with the way he dresses, that brings a klip. And he says it's very dangerous. A klip, the klipa of, of, of COVID, uh that it puts a person into real... Uh, self-centeredness, and he's not a keli for anything. We learned, we learned about this last week. So, but clothing is what brings respect and honor and something. Rabbi Yochanan didn't call his clothing clothing; he called his clothing mechubadai, those who honor me, my 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 that which honors me. So, what? And same as with Hashem, when because Hashem is put it this way, before Hashem lowers himself into the Torah, he's utterly unknown. He's not even, because only after he comes into the Torah, the Torah is a blueprint for creation. So without God coming into the Torah, he's infinite and not shy to anybody to know him. The only one who knows him himself. It's not shaykh to any covet. Covet is what comes to you. right? So when God dresses himself in his garment, which is the Torah, through that, and when you learn Torah, you say, well, and, when you, and then later, especially when God goes ahead and creates a world based on this blueprint, you say, wow, you see the wisdom of, so it brings covet. So Torah is called covet. So now, so you see the process of creation. Barasiv, Yitzartiv, Af, Asisiv. But what's before that? Ulechvodi, for my honor, that means God first dresses himself in his honor in the Torah. And then through there, Barasiv, I created Yitzartiv, Af, But it says something before that kol hanikra bishmi so he says every all that is called in my name who is the all that is called in my name that's the jewish souls It precedes Torah kol hanikra the call. now which one, what are we called? are we called bishmi? are we called his name? are we his name? no we are call. we are everything why? Because the Jewish souls are rooted in the quintessence of God Himself. And therefore, they're everything. Call everything, eskalos, All, all incorporates every level. Because all levels emanate from where? From the essence. Ultimately, everything begins in the essence. In other words, the Jewish soul, its substance, is from the very DNA of God. Nothing else is rooted in the DNA. It's rooted in the expansions and the things, but not at the very, very core. The Jewish neshama is. That's why we're called call Now deeper, a little Kabbalistic. Not deeper, but more Kabbalistic to the same idea. Call is referring to... call is 50. 10 times 5. So it's referring to the five dargot of the neshama. Yesterday we five prayers corresponding to the five levels of our soul. Nefesh, Ruach, Neshama, Chai, Yechidah And we know the Nefesh corresponds to the world of Asiya. Ruach corresponds to the world of Yetzirah. Neshama re- corresponds to the world of Bria. Bore Neshamas. And then Chai represents the world of Atsilus, And Yechidah represents the Sof itself. That's beyond all worlds. So that's the word kol, kol is 50. And interesting, the lamid represents the three lower because they're all, they, they, they're enclosed in vessels. It says that there's the powers of the neshama, three powers are oros, pekalim, light in the vessel. It's mislabish and the guf, enclosed in the body. The chaf, which stands for keter, the crown, represents the encompassing powers. And there are two levels of makifim makif and then makif that's the Chav. so the call is the nisham and what does the nisham do call what the nisham does is Hanikra bishmi it calls the essence of god into his name hear this what do i mean by that we say in davening atah kadosh you are holy shimcha kadosh and your name is holy but what does that mean holy means Holy means abstract, removed, not not graspable. Mufrash, separated, that means holy. Okay, on the pasik kadoshim tiu rashi says mufar separated. So kadosh means to be removed and separated. We say that God's name, which name are we talking about? So there's all Hashem's many names. But what we're talking about is essential name. Either Yutke Vavke. Or maybe even higher, something called Shmo HaGadol. Hashem's infinite name. It doesn't even have letters. It's ha, so high. And that is... That is the idea of Shmo. That's God's essential Shmo, His name. Right? But then there is atakadosh. The, the holiness and the transcendence of you yourself is much higher than the transcendence of your name. The, the, the holiness of you yourself is more than the transcendence of your name. And the Jewish neshamis are the ones who draw you into your name. And then your name into the Torah. See, it's two steps. And that's the meaning of call. Call is the nishamas, the souls. Hanikra, they call me, they call God Himself, Bishmi into my name. And then from my name, Ulachvodi into the Torah, which is called kaved. Following two steps. And then, Barasav And that's the power of the nishamas. So that's what he says. All the Jewish souls, Hashem created them for his honor, meaning so that they he put it, can draw him into his covet. The covet Elatora. They're covered, and covered is only Torah, like it says in Pirkei Yavas. Ki toiro hu pchenas The Torah is called garments. like it says, oi te oir kasalma. He wraps himself in light, like a garment. And light is Torah. So God dresses himself. What's God's garment? The Torah is God's garment. And that's light. V'hayinu rezalma. What does it have to do? Why? The Rabbi, Yochanan Rabbi Yochanan called his garments that which honors me. Like we see. We can't see him when he is naked. A person, like a regular person, uh, he's not going to be on the street naked, but you know, if you go join him in the mikvah, he's naked. It's, it's not like uh, it's not a thing, it's not forbidden. Uh, in the bathhouse. And, uh, but in a um, but for a king, a king may not be seen unclothed. That's the way it is. So melubish when he's dressed, and in referring to the king of all kings, you can't gaze God only through the Torah. He has to be that's why it's called it it's what gives him honor. Melubish Malchus, dressed in the garments of in royal garments. This was the line that I found was the most exciting for me in this entire mimer. I'm coming to this line right now. The king in his very self doesn't get dressed himself. You hear this? The king doesn't dress himself. It's a servants who dress him. The king himself doesn't dress himself. And that line itself was worth it the whole matter for me. The king himself doesn't dress himself. The king needs servants to dress him. So here the altar Rebbe says that God does not dress himself in the garment of the Torah unless his servants come and they dress him. And the servants that are dressing him, those are the souls of Israel. When we learn Torah, so then we are the ones, the servants, who are helping God get dressed as he's dressing himself in the Torah and thereby revealing himself. Kamo'i and he says, Melech the king of all kings. ba'atz as he is on his own. First of all, when he is unclothed, meaning as he is on himself, he, he's not, he's not, he can't be grasped. He can't be revealed to his creations. Why the lace machshavat visebe? No one can grasp it. so then no one can know him. Kiyim al yedeshem eslabish b'torah. He has to dress himself in the Torah. Shehu That's his chachma. That's his wisdom. Uritzinei and his will. Baruchu. The blessed is he. Valbashazu hu al yedeyisrael dafka. And this dressing happens through the Jewish people. We dress it, and as the tzemach tzedek explains, however, it's the madrega. It's not stam. This is a very high level of learning to dress God. This is Dafka called Avadim, his servants dress him. What kind of servants are we talking about? Moshe Rabbeinu, for instance, is called Moshe Avdi, Moshe my servant. David Melech, David Avdi. He says it's like Rabbi Hanina ben Doisa, who was able to direct God's energy to whatever he wanted, he was able to manipulate creation, change everything around. When he when, when his daughter didn't have any oil to light the candles, he told her to put in vinegar. So she said, "Vinegar, vinegar doesn't burn." So he said, "Well, the one that says uh, oil should light, should burn, can say the vinegar to burn." How was uh, and the Gemara says, he, Rabbi Hanina ben dois is called like a servant in front of his 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 king, and the servant can always be next to the king. The minister needs permission. But the servant who's always in charge, the guy who's cleaning up, bringing, doing, he's called the... That means, what's the servant? The servant servant is someone who's bottle... You realize, a servant of that caliber who, who, who walks into the king's room whenever he wants, he can be there all the time because the king wants privacy. This servant doesn't exist. So when he is there, he's not there. He has no Matthias He's no existence at all. The only thing that exists is the w- the will of the king. So he's like one of the limbs of the of the of the of the king because he's a, he's totally non non-existent. Because or else this is a private time. You don't walk in here. The answer is when he's walking there, he's not there. That kind of bitl, that's called Evid. and that's the Evid who dresses the king. Because when I was learning it. Um. I really had a question because in Hilchas Kibud of Aim, the Tzemach Tzedek says this is the Madrege that's higher than son. When Nisham is Im Kibanim Im Kavadim. So usually we learn that Avadim is lower than, than Banim. Banim is higher, being children, and then Avadim. But there is an Eved that's higher than a ben, And that's what the Tzemach Tzedek says over here. We're talking about this kind of Bittel. To dress God, it requires such Bittel where you're like a, 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 a servant that dresses it. What bothered me, however, is in Kibbutz of it says that one of the mitzvahs a son has to do for his father is to dress him. You serve him food and dress him. So <laughs> the union of Ben, there's also the union of dressing. So how come the Tzemach Tzedek is pointing out that we're talking only the Madrego of Ebed that's higher than Ben in regards to dressing? <laughs> the union of dressing a son can also do. And Adrab it's a mitzvah on a son to dress his father. So I'm not exactly sure. I don't have an answer for that. But it's just interesting that he he emphasizes that it's the quality of avodim that we have that with Alter Rebbe's marshal is is accurate. He's not. He doesn't throw a marshal stamp because he wants to say our marshal. Everything is uh, is is the Alter is the madrega of chachmiyulah. So when he says a marshal, it's it's coming straight from the infinite. So we have to understand that. That's the meaning of... Spe- when the mitzvah of learning Torah, it says, V'dibartabam. Simply means you should speak in them. Here's the words of Torah, speak in them. Hear the deep shot, the altar of Vidibarta is. is from the Loshen leading. It says in the Pasuk, Yad amim He should lead the nations under us. Or it says in the Pasuk, Rashi brings it Daber Echad Lador, one leader for a generation. So Daber besides speaking also means leading. V'dibarta Bum means lead God Bum into them. Lead the Orain The V'dibarta, You should lead, like you're taking you're taking something by a by a string and you're leading it somewhere. V'dibarta bum, lead the orange sof. Lead it into the Torah. Direct it. Direct the infinite light into the Torah. V'dibarta, Homo Lashen Hanhaga, comes from the word, Vahamshach, and drawing, Kamo Yad Ber Amim, he will lead nations. Bam, haina is Oren Tsoyiv, Ba torah is the hamshach of the oirin Tsov, into the Torah. V'zehu, and this is also as it says, V'hoi, you are it will be these words, Asher Noichi. These words, Misha Anoichi, Muhusay Vatzmusay Yizbarach. God is saying, Anoichi, my very self, Mitzavacha, I am bonding with you. I am connecting with you. Loshen Hiskashrus Vishabrus. So, you, it, it, because what's happening is like this. I mean I am there my very essence because you're connected to me and you should take this very bond between me and you the bomb and lead it into the Torah but this power that there is in the soul to call to cause this samshaha How can the nefesh, the soul of a human being, cause God himself to enclose himself into the Torah, which later serves as the director of life into all the worlds and into all of existence. We have to do something before we can learn Torah. We first have to connect ourselves to our source. Only when you connect to your source, then you can activate the source and draw down. While we are physical human beings, and our identity is the material physical world, we can't. We're not on that place at all to direct this light. So, and you can't just start learning and make this happen. You first have to get a signal. And how do you do that? That's through prayer. That's why you have to daven before you learn. It's only through deep, medita- deep prayer and prayer that you come to mesiras nefesh. Which means you, you're returning your soul back into its source, like I spoke on Shabbos, like the breath before it was ever breathed. Your neshama, Hashem, blew you out. But when you return that breath into God as if He never breathed it out, which means your neshama is still one with the Ein of, then from there you can direct that light down. And that's the meaning of Akoya Chazesh, Yeish to draw, to cause, listen. Yedehatora through Adea Torah through Torah, Hu al Yade is through Davening. Shekadma la Torah that has to come before Torah. That's why Chazal say, Ha'omer Torah. If someone says, eh, Davening is not for me. I only have Torah. I'm a scholar. I learn Torah all the day. Afilu Torah eyel, even Torah it doesn't have. Isn't it amazing? Say so you just say if someone says, I don't have leave me alone with everything else, no mitzvah, I'm into Torah, that's my thing. Even the Torah you don't have. Because the Torah is a dead Torah. There's no godliness in it. It has to be pulsating with life. That's what he says over here. Like if someone says, I don't have any Torah, I only have Torah. I feel the Torah even Torah doesn't have. You see it from the Shema. What does it say by the Shema? You should lead God into the Torah. But before that it says, vahafta. You have to first love God with all your heart and all your soul, and then you can lead Him in the Torah. <inaudible> you first have to have the love by the Shema. <inaudible> to to give your soul up in the Echad, when you're saying Shema Yisrael, Hashem Hashem Echad, you have to be willing. To give your soul up to God, and what does that mean? Not that I'm going to die, Al Kiddush Hashem. Last night, that's the Shalaha Hakader says. When you say Shema Yisrael, you should visualize that you're ready to die for God's sake. That's last night by, by Maserus Aguf. Give your and it says that if you have that in mind, it's as if you did it. Fine, but but by regularly the idea of Maserus Nefesh is here on the altar, Look how the altar Rebbe translates Maserus Nefesh. The Indian Maserus Nefesh and the idea of the self-sacrifice that's we're referring to, It's not like the world thinks. It means screaming and shouting. It's not that shouting, it's not a fiery whatever, with a lot of noise. It's like it says, To you, God, I lift up my soul. Which means I am me. I have a million desires, wants, and aspirations. I want this and I want that and I want this. Now I want that. I have like all the stuff that I want. I want honor, I want money, I want this, I want food, I want all stuff that I want. I would like to go on vacation, I'd like to have this and I have that. A person is filled with I and filled with desires. Lifting your soul up to God means giving your nishama canceling all its desires and saying there's no desire in me. I want nothing but you and only what you want other than I have no desire. That means putting yourself back into Hashem as if it's only God and you're now in Him. His desire is your desire. There's no desire anymore. That's what it is. And he says it doesn't come through fire. It doesn't have to be like you're burning, you're feeling sensations and tingling. It's not that. He says, it's interesting, here he doesn't say it out so strong, but I think in the other memoir, the tzedek or the, mitlureb, the words over there are very clear. He says the root of the word Ava is Ava. Ava means desire. Ahava is when it creates, the hay is when it comes into the heart and creates emotional sensation. That's nice. If you have the emotional sensation, it's nice. But the main root is Ava. I want to just be one with you. And that's it. And when you have that in mind, I want to be one with you. I'm abs- I don't like that I have desires. I don't want to have my desires. I just want your desire. And you give yourself into in, in, into Hashem. You just lifted your soul up into the Ein Sof. And then from there, you can direct God into the Torah. The Inyan yash I don't want to be a somebody. Because by being a somebody, that really, the more somebody I am, the more nobody I am. That's the truth. Because all worlds are not before God. And nothing. So the more I'm part of the world, I'm part of somethingness, but the more I can give myself into the the infinite, transcendental, Light of Hashem that's not that's not defined by anything and I'm bottled to him. I'm not, I don't want to be a something and separated. I want to be butl, I want to be nullified. To lift up my soul and my spirit to God. who Hashem is the source of life, which the which before him all is not. So if there's nothing else, I want to be part of what is, and that is you, not me. I want to melt into you. That's the desire. And that's restoring your neshama back into the orange Hashem. The Tzemach Tzedek says, this lifting of our spirit, of our ruach, Hashem, is what we say every day, B'yotcha afkid ruchi. We, we, the last, at least in the, the Arizal Shema, Biyatcha afkidruchi is the last pasuk. Biyatcha in your hands, afkidruchi. I'm lifting up my soul. I'm putting it back all day long. I got I got caught up in me, but now when I'm sleeping, at least let self soul be part of you. Biyatcha, and that is the rasha Tevis of those words as be'er. Be'er is a spring, that's a well, that's where the nishmas yisrael are continuously going from down up, and once they go from down up, they can draw. From up down, they can draw the Hashem's infinite line. So we're we're working like this: the neshama rises to be bottled in Hashem, and then it draws down the line. Um, Yeah, and this idea of being bottled to God, as if I don't exist and I have no desire, is because has to come from a realization that everything is bottled. Because as long as I see stuff, then why should I be bottled to Hashem? There's a world, there's a whole bunch of goodies out there, there's a whole bunch of delicious, wonderful, exciting uh, things. Why can't I have all of that? Why shouldn't I have something? Why shouldn't I be? There's, it only comes from the understanding that really nothing is. There's no true reality. How do we know that? You contemplate in the Pasuk, la Hashem ha-Gidula, V'ha-Givura So simply how do you learn that Pasuk? Very powerful Pasuk. But how do you learn? It's a Pasuk in Vayvar David that we say every day. Simply you learn Hashem HaGadula, To you God is great. This means that you, you Hashem are great. You Hashem are mighty. You Hashem are beautiful. You Hashem, right? That's what we say Hashem HaGadula. But then the word is incorrect. Then we should say Hashem Hata Gadol. We do say that. Hakel ha-gadol so we do say that. So we should say Hashem you are Gadol. But we don't say that. We say L'cha Hashem Hagadullah. What does it mean? What it means is, to you God is greatness. That greatness, what, what, what is greatness? Greatness is that, it says what's greatness? is that God created the cosmos. That's great. The cosmos are, are unbelievable. The worlds are unbelievable. The planets, the universe. It's unbelievably great. That's Gedula, that's God's great. And we're saying, L'cha Hashem That greatness is cancelled in you. Because that's not great to you. That's nothing. It's not even a sneeze. It's nothing. It's not even a crumb. It's, it's, to you, what we see is greatness, or, what's, or even what we don't see, but we can imagine is like super greatness. It's canceled in you. L'cha Hashem to you, God. Gedula is canceled to you. Gevura is canceled to you. Shepchinaz gedula, that the entire godless, Shepchinaz is pashtus chastoi. It's God's expansion of gedula is chesed. According to Kabbalah, is to enliven the worlds, alafim, myriads of worlds. it's nullified. before kula Kalah, everything is nullified. Where is God great? His greatness is only seen when it steps out of God. Now in Hashem it's canceled. If you take all the energy and see it inside God, it's canceled. The worlds are canceled, nothing. If we can see God Himself, then we see it's not, it doesn't even exist. It's only that when the power of Hashem's gedula, the power of Hashem's chesed, so to speak, goes out of God to a place where God is not revealed, in a, in a place where He conceals Himself, and it goes into Hashem's power of words, that's called ir elokeinu, that's when it becomes great. Okay, We'll take a little break, because we'll finish and explain this a little, a in little, five minutes we'll continue. Um bittal, this ability for a person to to really pull himself out of everything and surrender himself to the to God to the point where he says, "I am nullifying all my wills and all my desires because I just want to be canceled to You." Um, comes from the understanding of L'cha Hashem Hagadula that the power of God that is considered God to being great, which is the power of his greatness in creation, the entire Midas Hagdullah is not even called gadula It's not it's 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 lost in his in, in the ain't sof. So if Hashem's put it this way, if Hashem's Chesed, put it, let's look at it this way, if Hashem's chesed, which is the 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 generates all of existence, it's Hashem's kindness. If the kindness that generates all of existence is cancelled to God Himself who's infinitely higher than being kind, it's nullified in Him who is totally beyond that, then what could the creation be possibly if its entire motive and drive that's beneath it, that's, that's generating all of it, is cancelled in its source. L'cha Hashem. And we're not just saying the gedulah. We're saying the gedula is cancelled, the gevura is cancelled, the teferes is cancelled, the netzach, all the midot they're all lecha Hashem, they're all battled to you. Where then does Hashem's gedula manifest? So it says, Chazal say, gadol Hashem, umuhulol ma'od, bi'ir elokeinu. So Chazal say, what does that mean? E'im masaihu hu gadol, when is God great? Kishohu, hu bi'ir elokeinu. When He comes into the city. That means, when the power of the Ebrister's Chesed goes out of its source and it goes into speech, Ira Lokenu, the city of God, is called Malchus. Malchus is speech. So, for instance, in a in in, in a person, first you know a person is kind, and but you don't really know that kindness until they speak kind words and have use their power that they have to do a lot of kind things, then you know they're a kind person. So simply, it's when is God's kindness activated when He puts it into ira lokeno. Ira is the world of endless combinations of letters that is the very underlying fabric of all of creation and all of existence. You know, Then you see that God is kind and you see that God is great, that He can create all of this. But with God, it's deeper. But us, it's like... The kindness is something. You're a kind person. That's special, and that's actually what makes you so special. Is that you're kind. It's just that no one notices until you talk, until you bring it out, until you activate. Right? If a person could be the kindest person, but he's living on an island, and he couldn't do anything with that kindness. Then of snitch. But with Hashem, it's a different story. With Hashem, it doesn't have an existence higher because before it's activated, when it's in its source, it's canceled because by God, the entire midah, any midah, midah is a measure. Anything that is defined is nothing to Him. To an infinite being. So the kindness itself is very bottle. The Amosai I Gadol, that's what he continues of when is he great? when he's in the ear when Hashem lowers his kindness and activates it through the letters, through speaking words of creation. Masarom Amaris from the Ten utterances, Shemachaya oilamais, that He enlivens worlds, Hanavram of Creations over there there is a gedula, there is a greatness, and there is an expansion. So when a person meditates on this, then, then what? On the locha Hashem ha that causes the person also, it says, if gedula is bottle and gavura is bottle. That means consequentially, everything in creation is bottled because they're all these are the building blocks of creation and they're bottled, so everything else must be bottled. So, why should I walk around as if I'm not bottled? Why should I walk around and be a Gansa Yachke Bada over here when I'm nothing? How can I be a Matthias if my whole Matthias is based on I'm a little peep squeak within the cosmos? I'm a little bit, and I'm a Matthias when the cosmos are nothing and the source of it is nothing. L'chashem. So the person also comes to a state of laha to you, Hashem. That's the same, we, we said earlier, that, a, that nishmas Yisraelah called kol. Kol ha b'shmi. But now the word kol, if you switch it, it's laha. Kol is when the nishama is more pronounced as being a nishama in the world. Laha is when the nishama is nullified to its source. As a result of the neshama elevating itself and surrendering or else to its source, what does it cause? Kikol bashamayim u'ba'aretz. In the same pasuk of lacha Hashem agadula, vagavura, vateferes, vaneitzach, vahod, what's the next words? Kikol bashamayim u'ba'aretz. That means when a yid is in a state of, when a neshama is in a state of lacha Hashem, a lacha Hashem, to you God, I melt. L'cha to you, that's the elevation, you go up into your source. The midot, in Kabbalistic terminology, the midots go up into the mother in Bina. It's like the, the, the children go back into the womb. All the midots, everything goes back into its source. Yesterday we all went back into our source. According to Kabbalah, Yom Kippur is Bina. We all rise up into our mother. We all go back into our source. We're all nullified to Hashem. Then what? Because, Kikol ba Shamayim ba Oretz. Shamayim is Torah Shab'eqsav, Oretz is Torah Shab'alpeh. We bring the Abishtha back down to manifest in Shamayim and into Oretz. And that's the, that's the that's how, So, first there has to be, however, and every day we have to do this. Every day we have to come to a place of L'chah Hashem. I'm erasing, I'm canceling all my desires to you. And now, once we are God, in a sense, because we become melted in Him, then we can bring him wherever he wants to go because we are him. So we bring him down wherever we're directing him. And where does he want us to direct him? Into this world. The Al Kain Tiknu. Oh, but the problem is so the Tzemachti, again, this mimer is very cryptic. And again, here the Tzemach says, that's great. The neshama is willing to surrender itself and nullify itself. And that's what the neshama wants because a soul wants, can't stand being a yesh. The neshama wants to be mortal. Problem, however, is we're not just the neshama. We have a rough casing on the outside. And that rough casing, outer casing, is very, very much happy in being a somebody and is not willing to become nullified to God. So now you have to inspire your animal soul as well. a neshama on its own, if we would only be a shama, we would do this gvaldig. We would do, we would do this uh, like a Buddhist monk. The problem the Buddhist monk doesn't have a Sahara not to do it. So there you go. I can do this all the time. The Jew can't do it. He has a very hard time because by the Jew, he's going to move the cosmos if he does it. So what did the to give him? The to gave him our real coarse animal soul. That's not interested in anything of this. Wants it wants its wants his grubkait, wants whatever it wants, wants physical pleasures and delights. Leave me alone. So now you have to inspire your animal soul to, to. So for the neshama, it would have been enough. You begin davening with Shema, and the truth is interesting. In the olden, olden days, when we were still very, very much dig, when our souls were very, very, very present and very, very much, we were very conscious of our souls. We began davening with the Shema, one, two, three, or oh, Birch's Shema. That's what we did. There was nothing else to say. But when the generations got lower and our ego, our animal soul started becoming so much more, uh, the, 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 the 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 center of our consciousness, and some were deep inside as Anishama that wakes up once a year on Yom Kippur, but so it's hidden. It's not there, and instead a person feels his ego. So now you have bitter work in order to dig your soul out, and to so that. So that already requires psukha de zimra. Psukha de zimra, it's a preparation. It's in davening itself. You say, ashray, halalukhas. You build. You build and you build. And what you're really using is you're going to use meditation. You have to use meditation. And you have to bring your animal soul on board by doing what? By meditating more on the world. Because the animal soul doesn't relate to this transcendental idea. Everything is not. Don't I me. Mean, nothing is not. This is a kashmaka world. It's very, very real. It's very. Don't tell me it's not. You can't do that. So you have to speak to the animal soul something that it could relate to. What it could relate to is the angels. Say, well, that must be two hundred years ago. The animal souls those days you can talk to them about the angels. The animals about malachim. What's with today? Say, so my animal soul is inspired by the angels. Couldn't care less about the angels. I'm talking about the angels from uh, what are they the uh, the uh, the orange yeah the Orange County angels maybe but not the uh, the real angels so so um, but the truth is yeah because our animal our our souls our animal conscious, our more behemoth part derives its energy from the malach. So when someone meditates on how the angels above are also, they also acknowledge God and they're also surrendered to God and they also know that there's no other power but Hashem and they too are just want to like serve Him and surrender themselves to Him. A lot of that thinking will impress our animals. Of course, if you only do it once because you learned it over here once in your in your life, it ain't gonna make a difference. But if you do this in a steady in a, in a steady thing, it will catch on. Before davening, two blessings before. These are the blessings. de zimra and the de zimra. Now, the word's interesting. de zimra means simply it means psukim of song. But there's another meaning to the word psukah de zimra. Zimra comes from the word pruning. When you prune something, you cut off the bad weeds. So we have a lot of... The, the klipa gets so dense and you have to... You have to before you can daven, you have to prune all the stuff, all the ego that needs to be cut away. And that is lezamer aritzim to cut away the aritzim. And, and how do you know that Pesukah de does that? The verses of song does that? In, what, in the last halalukah we say, or the second to the last, before we get to vaivarech david, when we're holding it ready by l'cha, Hashem Agdula, before we get to that, we say We're saying the exalted the exaltedness, the exalted praises of God are in their throats and a sword a double-edged sword in their hands to take vengeance of the nations. What kind of first of all you're in shul you're not a violent human being. You're not running around with a double-edged sword and killing Goyim, right? Non-Jews. So what's this whole thing? And, and how are you doing it? What, and what's it connected to Mois Mamoys Kale? You're exalted God and, you kill, and you're slaughtering uh, Gentiles? Chas What does that mean? God forbid. It's not what we're supposed to. We're a peaceful people. It's not, it's not. It, in, in the mosque, it works that way. They exalt Allah. Roy Mois Kale. They exalt Allah as great. Allah Akbar, they cry out. Allah is great, and they kill people while they do it. I understand, but has never been a Jewish minhag. We don't have a Jewish minhag to conduct ourselves that way. Roimemoiskel to exalt God and have a double-edged sword. It doesn't make. So he says it means pepnimius. It means deeper. It means the reason why we say all these psukim that speak about God's roimemus, God's greatness, is because that itself gives us a double-edged sword. To kill, to kill the bagoyim means the nations inside of us. The, the parts of us that are resistant to the bittle. That's the secret. The Jew is battle. A Jew's neshama, a Yid's neshama is nullified to Hashem. Ego comes from the non-Jewishness that's inside of us. That's the klipa. That, that's, that wants, it gravitates to itself. It wants to be, not to be not. That's the difference. The neshama wants to be not... And the Kalipa wants to be. So, how do you eliminate that? You speak about Roimem Mois Kale, you speak about God's greatness until it realizes how foolish it is. Its beingness is underrated. It's, 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 it's not a real thing. It's ridiculous to be involved in it. Kale is overrated, I mean. Roimem Mois Kel begroinam. is buying through this that someone contemplates. Eichsha fanim how the Ofanim. Now it's interesting. The altarab is talking about the ofanim, and he's not even mentioning the other malachim, because the ofanim are the are the are the are the malachim that are called wheels. They are the closest to our physical realm. They are the malachim of the world of asiyah, and then there are malachim and yitzira called malachim, and the seraphim are in bria. But the ones closest to us in the spiritual realms of asiyah, because the physical world of asiyah is only the physical world of asiyah. Behind it are the Angels that are like the spiritual forces behind nature, and these are the Yofanim. they're the motors, and they are batal to Hashem. And when you speak about how they're batal, the animal soul can relate to them more because they're 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 they're, they're close. <speaking in Hebrew> through this that they comprehend, <speaking in Hebrew> he's the source of life. And from the revelation of the spirit of his mouth, Hem they are alive. they love and to him it is it is appropriate, it is right to yearn for. That's what all of them cry out to him. Their, their energy is all directed to the source. When so, the energy of all the angels, even though Father, and when someone thinks this, It breaks the klipa, or it will bring the klipa on board as well. The animal soul will join as well. This will excite. The neshama doesn't need all of that. The neshama by nature wants to cleave to Hasha. But the animal soul needs all this all this talk and all this meditation over and over and over and all this exp- so that it can join along. And sh- the chitzonius of the person needs that, not the panemius. even though and the Altar Rebbe says, even though what Nishamas are higher than angels. So why does a person have to meditate in the service of the angels if the, malach- the nishas are much higher,. We still need to contemplate in them of the love and the fear of the angels because these things they cause, they cause that the nefesh the intellectual soul, which is the more intelligent side of the animal soul, the, the intellectual soul is the intellect of the animal soul. So that that it too should become smart, it should it it too should be enlightened with, with what's real, Is to spoil gamhi? And through this, it too the nefesh asichlis, the which is the which is the, the brain of the animal soul will also get aspilus. Will also get excited to, to be connected to God. and this idea that Hashem gets the animal soul on board as well helps us do that through the malachim is also mentioned in the Shema. Because earlier we spoke that in the Shema, is only mentioned how the Nisham, Shema Yisrova Haftas Hashem Elokech, the Nisham is melting in God. So in the second portion of the Shema, it also talks about how to get your animal soul on board as well. It says, I will give grass in the field for your animal. What does that mean? Grass are these malachim. God says, I'm creating, why do I create these malachim? I need them to sing to me. It's, I, I, I care about you, I don't care about the angels. Why did I create all these, these, these singing entities? Because by them singing, it will help you. It will help, it will be, help your behemah. Be, Behemtachah simply means, I'll give you grass in your field. For who? For your animals, for your cows teeth. But But well, let's get a little deeper. Hashem is saying, I'm creating all these angels that are called Eisev, to help you inspire your animal." So, your animal will see, ah, that, 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 that behemoth, which is the source of me, which means that malach, that he's excited about God. For sure. This is where my energy comes from. <speaking in Hebrew> which is the animal soul, <speaking in Hebrew> who's getting its nourishment from the angels, <speaking in Hebrew> which the angels are called asev <speaking in Hebrew> grass, because they are created every day, numalachim, <speaking in Hebrew> whatever. <speaking in Hebrew> and this is the meaning of okay so this concludes and by the way the Temach tzedek adds okay it doesn't say man, when you bring your animal soul on board when you bring your animal soul on board it's not only to remove the obstacle is, it's to remove the obstacle because when the animal soul animal consciousness is not going along with you it's not allowing your neshama to express itself so the neshama we will not I right, can't, can't can't so you need to get your animal souls will go along but there's also a deeper meaning it intensifies the longing we said before that the way, you draw God, the way you draw Hashem down is by melting in His light. Okay, you have to melt to Him. The neshama melts into Hashem. L'cha Hashem ha v'agavura That the midois which includes your neshama, because your neshama comes from the midois of the there also has to melt, l'cha with bit. But when your animal soul is excited as well, an animal, the nature of an animal is that a human can hop on the animal and ride with the animal. And when he rides with the animal, he can go to higher places than he can go on his own. When you get your animal soul involved, it can take the human, which is your neshama, to places your neshama would have never gone on its own. And it's spiritually in, this, in the higher realms. It's the same thing. It says v'ha'chayos the, the supernal beasts, the chayos no nosos es They they lift the kise. They lift the throne. Who's on the throne? The Adam, the man. Who's the man? Hashem, but not Stam. The midos are called Adam. The Adam Elyon is is the is the configuration of all the midos. Chesed, the Gedula Gavura, the Faras thats the Adam. Now, in order for that Adam Arishon, in order for that Adam to be bottled to the to Hashem Himself, who's not called Adam, in order for that Adam to be Lachah Hashem, to be melted to the infinite light it needs the animals, they lift that Adam into the low Adam, into where Hashem is not considered a man. L'cha Hashem, to you God, above. But what helps out? The animal, when it gets involved, so, and it begins within the human being, because we're a small little, we're the entire universe. When the human being can get his animal soul to participate and, and get excited about God, it will help your neshama too in its bit. Not only allow the neshama, but help the neshama in its bit. And that's what's needed in order to cause what? Remember, what is this all about? In order to cause Hashem to later enclose Himself. Once you're plugged up here, you can draw Him down, and He will come and invest Himself in the Torah and in the mitzvahs. Vizahu, and this is the conclusion of that Pasuk. What did we say? Kol Hanikra Bishmi. you the Jewish people who are called. You call me into my name, and then further Bish into my honor, into the Torah. Now what? How do you do that? Barasiv, Yitzartiv, Afasisiv. I've created you, I formed you, and I've also made you. What does that mean? These are the three levels. Three levels in a Jew's avoda. Barasiv means your thought. Yitzartiv is through speech. And Asisiv is action. Machshava, Dibur, and ma'isa. What's the machshava Dibra? and why is machshava called bria? So first, let's start. He says, "Shem Gimel, levushim. These are the three levushim: machshava, Dibra, and ma'isa. Thought, speech, and action. Machshava ve'seichel Nikra, bria. The machshava and the seichel is called bria. Shahu yashmeiyan, which is something from nothing. Why?" When you think a makshava, a thought, that's new. Before that, you weren't thinking it. Now it's new. But once you're thinking about something, and then later you say, Oh, you heard what I thought about? When I, I share? Or you, or you Or you tell somebody that? You're not creating anything new. You're just taking what is already, you're just giving it a little more form. You're thinking, how should I say it? So Yitzira is Dibur. Because yitzira, what is it between Bria and Yitzira? Bria is creating something new. Yitzira is taking what is already and forming it to a shape. So Dibur is never new. Whatever you're saying is not new. When you're saying something, you have to first think it. If, 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 it's, if you didn't think anything before, you're just saying it, it's not worth hearing it. It's only worth if you thought about it. There's a thought, and then from the thought comes the Dibur. But the thought is new, especially if it's Chachma, wisdom. Wisdom, it's... So machshava, shu machshava vaseichel nicro bria is called bria shu yashmei ayin. Or, shakasad, like it says vaachachma because bria the word creation means something from nothing. Kamoshe kasser like it says vaachachma me ayin timatze chachma comes from nothing. V'dibur pchenas yitzira, and dibur is what that is yitzira. Kamoi hatsura just like a tsura. When you're making a tzira, what are you doing? A tzura. You're taking, let's say, um, material and you're forming it. So you're, making, you're revealing it to be in a certain shape. The substance you had already. You're just forming it. Kacha dibor. is giloy person's concealed intelligence. No one knows it. He reveals it. Asisiv oh. But till now it's interesting. He didn't, he just explained what Maqshava and Debur is. He didn't explain it in a religious context, in a holy context. He said, Mahshava. So you have to say that what he means over here is Barasiv Yatsartivasis. So you do these three things. So what's the maqshava? What's the maqshava? What's the mahshava? Yeah. So What's the makshava The makshava is... The Tzemach Tzedek, it's interesting. I hear, I'm, I wasn't clear, because in one place from the Tzemach Tzedek it implies that the first stage, as we said earlier, is tefillah. It's only through tefillah. Tefillah is mainly with makshava it's concentration. Because tefillah is not the words. Tefillah is where your heart is. You have to verbalize it, but the, the main thing is the connection that happens. And then that's that's machshava. That's when you create the yashmei That's when you make. That's when you reach the ain sof. That's when you reach the place of where everything is. Where we're all. Where that's when you reach the ayin, the nothingness of God, where you can draw everything down. After that comes dibor in Torah. so you. The, the main the main thing in limo da Torah is to verbalize it, to speak it, v'dibar tovah. And then after that, you draw the light down further into ma'isa hamitzvos. That's what it seems from the Tzemach tzedek. From the other Maimarim, from one place, and another place in the Tzemach tzedek, from a different... See, there's a few places of notes on this Memor. From the other one, and also from the way the Mittler Rebbe seems to put it in his Memor, the Machshava Dibra and Mayse is Machshava and Dibra are both in Torah. Machshava is the Seichel of Torah, is the understanding of the Torah. Once you draw down into the Torah, you bring him into the Torah, now what? Barasiv. Your mamshechit down into, into a seichel that you understand, that you comprehend. And then, what? Yitzartiv is you speak it. And then finally, afasisiv, you bring godliness down all the way into asiyah. That's what he's going to explain now. Asisiv, uprenos ma'isaha mitzvahs, is already the action of mitzvahs. Kamoy, melech basar It's like a king, and now he's going to explain the importance of Asiyah, the importance of getting it down into Asiyah. The main recognition of his kingdom is Dafka through action. So that people should listen to his command. The main expression of God's kingdom is ultimately when you obey his commands. Learning and all this is very nice, but the actual expression of God being a king over the world is only through mitzvahs. Because a king, a king's success is if he's listened to. The so is the abish Hashem Hashem dresses himself in malchus, and if Hashem is a melech, it means you obey. And the main emphasis is is in obeying, is not. Being on the same page with God and understanding Him, the main emphasis in, in obeying means simple: I do what you want, whether I know, whether I agree or I don't agree. That's very important. In Asiya, the main thing is you're you're forcing yourself to do what God wants. Yeah. It doesn't have to be that you're excited. It doesn't mean you like it. it have to you understand it. You might agree. You might not agree. It's irrelevant whether you agree or don't. This is it. And, it, and Chazal even take it so far how important that is Chazal say a person shouldn't say I don't like pork say I like it but I don't I'm not going to eat it because God said so it's not like come up. people will come up kinds well, of reasons and the reason why is it's not healthy or this or that so they can also agree with it that's not the whole point that, that's missing the whole point the whole point is that God is your king no I very much want to eat it but I'm not going to eat it because God said so a person should not say, I don't want to eat Chazer. I do want to. What can I do? My father in heaven decreed. He's a king. That's the acceptance of the yoke of heaven. That's how you bring God down. In the pew. Hagam shuhu bilti seichel klal. Even if you have no understanding of it at all. But, he says, guess what? That last and final commitment to do God's will, committing yourself on a daily basis in asiya, in action, it's the lowest. Because you're not tuning in with your intellect. You're not tuning in with your emotions. Especially if you don't do all the others, you only do this. So then your mom is just what? Plain, simple. Your whole connection to the Abish is only in action. You're, surre- you're surrendering to Him. But guess what? There is something more powerful in this last and final expression than all the others that we had before. Than deep meditation and Masiris Nefesh where you're melting in His light and then you're directing His energy through Torah. Why? What does Khazal Chazal say? Barasiv Yitzartiv What does the Pasik say? Barasiv Yitzartiv but there's one word in between, Yitzartiv and Asisiv. Af, Asisiv. Af represents a few things. Af, first of all, makes that it is an interruption. I created it, I formed it, that flows one into the other. I also made it, it means that there is a stop. And he's like thinking, should I make or not make? I also made it. Because the world of Asiya our physical world is the most disconnected state. So it's not, it's like the spiritual worlds evolve one from each other, but when it comes down to the physical material world, there is a complete disconnect. And that's what makes the physical so resistant to God, so self-absorbed, because it's disconnected. And that's why the word af, which is interruption, also means anger. Anger, wrath. Af, v'chara the, the, the the char, the api, my anger, af, af is anger. Ki yarei af vahachema, Moshe Rabbeinu says, I was afraid because of a wrath. Af is wrath. So um, many pesukim like that. So what's that? Because this world, because it's disconnected, that's why it's what it can. It, it can be all kinds of things that can anger God. What I'm saying. So this world is like, but this world of, but here's the chiddush. This very world where there is such resistance and anger and all these in yonim, guess what? When you listen to him down here just because he said that Asiya, that final bittle, Af also means also, which means it comes to add something above everything that we said before. And it says an amazing from the bittle in the world of Asiya, you can connect higher. See, Barasiv Yitzartiv Asisiv are the three lower worlds, Bria, Yetzirah, and Asiya, but it's not Atzilas. How do you get to Atzilas? Af Asis. When you are obedient to God in the world of Asiya, that brings you up to the divinity of the world of Atzilas. That's what he's saying over here, the beginning is wedged in the end, or the, be- or the end is wedged in the beginning. This final act of surrender to God reaches in the deepest and in the highest. Okay, so this is Barasiv Yitzartiv Afasisiv. The, so it's really, it's like a system like this. The Jew is the one who Nikra, his Neshama goes and he brings the Abishter into Torah. Good, but the Torah is conceptual. It's a beautiful Torah. The God is in the Torah. Now it needs to go through the Jew's activity. Barasiv, I created you. So you can, Bria, you can think it. Yitzartiv, you can speak it. And then you can actually behave in the way I tell you to behave in your physical life by doing my will. Afasisiv. Also, do asiyam. It. Fine. The zehu, now, shatikno betfilas yoitzer. It's a little hard over here. I don't really understand so much the kishur yanim, the complete connection of it, but maybe it will make sense. Let's see. And this is what chazal have instituted. It seems like he's going back to the idea that he said before that we have to get the Nefesh Bahamas on board. We said that it's not just enough that you get your Nefesh Kiss, loving God, Mesiris Nefesh. You have to get your animal soul. And that's why you have to think about all these things, about the Malachim. And that's how you get the animal soul also to join in this. Ediv. And this is why the sages have instituted in the Tefillah of the yachid levaveinu. You should unify my hearts, implying that we have two hearts. What does it mean to unify your hearts? Because we have an inner heart and we have an outer heart. Our inner heart is what we felt yesterday. Our outer heart is what we feel in three weeks from now. After the Yom is over, and we're just like back in totally into the mundane world. And we went out for lunch and we just finished. We don't really have much to do, so we're sitting around and we're like, wow. There's like no spiritual consciousness or awareness taking place right now. And what do you have? You have your regular, regular uh, year, you know, mundane heart. These are two hearts that don't even seem like that they, they belong to the same human being. Mamish, two people. A heart, a heart like this was a guy sitting over here, Mamish Rosh by night, he came to call Nidre, big guy, Mamish big. He stood in the back, and the guy was bawling. Amish Bolly, I wasn't there, you can see, he's a, you know, the guy, I have no idea who this guy was. And then he says he lives not far, or whatever. And then the guy asked him, he said, oh, so, you know, he was, he was crying the whole time, I didn't see that, but the guy told me, you know, so then I went over to say hello to him, and then he said to him, so where do you live, whatever, he said, very close by. So the rabbi, and Rabbi students said to him, so where were you hiding? The moment he said, then where were they hiding? He broke down crying, but like crying, like, 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 he's an Israeli guy. And he realized, where am I hiding? Like, this is where I belong. It was so, it was so beautiful to see a, a mamish. So the heart, that's the heart. That's, that, that's the heart that's revealed on Yom Kippur. That's the deeper heart. And then what? Then we have a chit yes, That's what he says. We're asking God to please make the two hearts communicate. Because what, what does it mean to live two lives? And you have two separate lives. You have two, 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 two yous. One, one is in Himmel, the other, the in are there. The Yiddish say, is a hey, uh, malach, the other is a galach." Like well, what, there's no con- connection. <inaudible> Unify my hearts. There's <inaudible> two hearts and <inaudible> the inner heart and the outer heart. <inaudible> the inner heart who the, <inaudible> the yearning of the heart when it longs, it desires and it longs, and a real longing, to cleave to God. Why? Where do we have that? Because we're Bonim, we're Hashem's children. And what does it say about a child? A child is the leg of his father, he's part of his father. A child is an extension of the father. So of course the child wants to be close to the father. Kibra karodavi? So we are all, your children to God so that is the. Hashem Elokeinu. that's the part Hashem is our God. Shelanu Mamish. He's mamish ours because we're of him. We're made up of godly stuff, not just godly stuff. We're made up of a divine substance. That's who we are. The ain't his and this once you peel away the external heart and you expose the internal the inside heart, you don't need any contemplation. No need, no contemplation. It goes ablaze on its own. Like on its own. Like he said, where are you hiding? He starts crying. Where am I hiding? I don't know where I'm hiding. On its own. You don't need anything to create it. The fire is there. The outer part of the heart. That's when we go deep on Rosh Hashanah. The days themselves bring us to a deeper place within our heart. But then we move more to the outer level of our consciousness. Shuhum, and over there, Shuhum Ahmas nefesh Bahamas. Over there there is an animal soul that occupies the heart. And what does it do? Shem masteris. And it, there it causes a block. The animal soul causes a block. The ego. For huma And this is what it says. The foreskin of the heart. The clogging of the heart. Shuhub it's a blockage. Shemasteres or Kedushas Hashem. It conceals the light of the holiness of God. And on this outer heart it says, that's blocking, umaltem. You have to circumcise it. lahavir or lazu. You have to circumcise it, you have to remove it. HaMafsekas, that's, that's blocking. But how do you, how do you, how do you, when you do a surgery? What do you do? he's binding us, so you use contemplation. That's what we spoke about earlier: meditation, contemplation. It's all like a, as That's we said, It's a sword. It literally does. It cuts away the the klipa from the heart. It 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 cuts it. It it takes away that which is is causing the, the blockage. That that which the, the the ego that desensitizes the heart doesn't let you feel God because you're feeling yourself so much. So it, the constant everyday meditation is going to cut it away. Zimra, everything that is explained in de zimra, like we spoke earlier that's until Mashiach comes until Mashiach comes we have no choice because we need to do the surgery on our own when Mashiach will come it says God is going to circumcise your heart we kept on begging for that yesterday we said Hashem, Hashem is going to do the Mila Hashem, has Hashem is going to circumcise the heart once you remove the stuffing of the heart, what's going to happen then? The yachid levaveinu, both hearts are going to be together. Meaning the, the, the deeper heart and the external heart are going to be on the same page. V'zeo, v'zeo b'chalashana. That's all year long you need meditation. So that you can connect your outer heart to your inner heart. because it's not, And you're mainly, all year long, you're mainly operating in your outer heart. You're trying to touch a little bit into your inner heart but you're mainly on your adding myth. <speaking in> Baseris <Hebrew> Yamei however, in the 10 days of repentance, <speaking in Hebrew> suddenly your inner heart rises to the top. makim, <speaking in Hebrew> from a deep place, <speaking in Hebrew> I call you. It's much easier to tap into the deeper parts of our soul in Aseris <speaking in Hebrew> Yamei just because God is very close. <speaking in Hebrew> when He's close. So the deeper part of a Yid's heart is more on the surface, you're able to connect to it and your avoda is not so much from your animal soul and it's not through meditation you just open a siddur and you start crying it's just automatically the, the fire is there it's just under it mimamakim krasicha havaya from the depth of the heart the innermost of the heart and why are you and when you're the innermost of the heart is seeking god when you cry from pinimias you reach pinimias you also reach Hashem's panemias. Watch Hashem's panemias. So we know that God too has an external self and a panemius. The external part is God relating to the outside. The panemius of Hashem is the way God is for Himself. In the words of Kabbalah and Hasidus, it's the difference between the mamalek kalalman and the soviv kalalman. Mamalek kalalman is God filling the world with a light that is relatable to the world. That means He's relating, He's projecting. Soviv kalaman is God being Himself. His infinite light that encompasses all worlds. But He's not contracting Himself. Usually, through our Avodah, we're reaching the Mamale light. Because it's coming from our chitzonias and it's reaching God's Chitsonius. As there you tshuva, since the is coming from your Pneumius Alein, where is it touching? The Pneumius of the pun, That's what we say. Amar <laughs> to you, God, my soul says, "Bakshu Panai, I'm looking for my penimius." As Panecha Hashem by finding my own penimius, I will search your penimius. Shagam Lamayle Yesh Penimius Vechitzaynius. Above two, there's in, inside and outside. Soive Vomamale, the encompassing and the indwelling. Memale Upchenes Chitzaynius. The Memale is the Chitzaynius. Why? Because the Kula Kame Because it's all really all of creation is nothing. So the fact that God is enlivening it is chitzaimis. Is, is he's only giving it life with his external. But through our we're shaking, we're drawing, we're evoking the Soviet Kalam. kolam. That's why, what's the next mitzvah right after what's the sukkah? What's the sukkah? Sukkah is a house, it's a makif. Because that's the whole idea. Because you just, two years, without a seri we were never touching the makifim. We were only drawing from God's indwelling light. We weren't drawing the encompassing infinite light. But since we cried out from mima Makim from our panimias, we reached the makif, and now we have a holiness that's encompassing us. That's the sukkah. But then we say, in, 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 um, in, on, dasken a See, even though we said before that the avodah is barasiv, let's go back, barasiv yitzartiv af asisiv. And remember before we emphasized that there is a great quality in what? An af asisiv. In just simple obedience and doing a mitzvah without any inner identification. Just simply, I, I'd much rather be elsewhere. I just, I'd just much rather now be uh, relaxing and... and uh, Playing golf. But what could I do? my father's my father in heaven is decreeing that I go to shul. So I really, really, really would love to be golfing now, but I can't because I gotta go mincha. I'm sorry. Gotta leave. So that's before we learn, that's like the greatest. Wow. Because this beetle and that bitl touches reaches very, right. Very good. But on the other hand, it's good for all year long. For our series of when your entire Avoda is only in the chitzonius, even though there is a quality to it, David HaMelech says, Al-tat, do not bend me, ba'af avdecha. You hear the depth of what the Altareb is learning over here? Al-tat, do not bend me, do not cast me, ba'af into the af. Meaning don't put me in that shallow place of af asisiv, where I'm barely just doing your will because you're commanding me. And I and I have no inner identification with it. D- during the year, we have moments that we go there, and it's okay because there's a certain quality to serving God on that level. Because it shows that even though I, even though I have an ego, you're overriding me, and God gets nachas from that. But on the other hand, what does that show? The fact that there's so much means how unholy I am, how disconnected I am. That everything that God wants me to do, I don't like doing, or whatever whatever He doesn't like me to want me to do, that's what I do exactly what I do, what I want. So that. There is a quality because there is a surrender, but there is a, 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 a disadvantage because it's showing how chitzayinous you are. And that's what we're saying over here. Al ba'af Haynu. Ki yesh lamata. There is an eved below. There's a very high evad. Now even though l'chayra, al tat, do not put me ba'af, in the place of af, where all I am is a servant and not a son. the point. Don't put me into the world of Asiya, where I have to serve you like a servant. I want to be your child. We said earlier that the the Pneumius Alev is God's child. That's why it automatically gets excited. Let me stay in touch with my Pneumius Anishama. Don't put me in a place where all I can do is just surrender to you unwillingly. That's called Avdecha, to be a servant. But didn't we learn earlier that it's the servants who dress the king? Didn't we learn servant earlier that servant is the highest, even higher than a son? And the answer he explains, now there's two levels of servant. There is a serv- there's two levels of servant. There's a servant who lives outside the palace. And he chrapes, he lays on the bench over there, he drinks vodka, and he puts it down. And, but when the king calls him, he has no choice. He, tzuch, and he does the thing he does, and he goes back to his whatever. That's one kind of servant. And there's the other servant who walks, who works inside the king's palace. And as we said before earlier, he's beyond being a son. His identity is the, he's the king's hands and feet. He has no metziahs at all. Two levels of evet. And they, it's called tata, the lower fear. He's made mainly a fear of punishment. Fear of, if I don't work, they're going to beat me up. And then there is yira ilah, the higher fear, where you're so awed by God's greatness that you've Above the, or in the case of the king's greatness, that you, for you it's like, wow, I, I just want to be, I just want, I'm even, I don't even have a want. I, you are and I'm not. I, I just, I lost my identity completely. That's the high level of Eved. That's the Eved of Moshe Avdi, David Avdi. And that's what we're saying over here, Al Tat Ba'afavdecha. Do not put me in the, <laughs> I'm, I'm making a new Taich, I'm sorry, but it's Geschmack. Al Tat, do not put me, Ba'afavdecha, in. In Oichmera, Oichmera servant. In Yiddish, you say, <laughs> it's a play on the words. You say, like, when you want to say that, uh, like, someone, someone is, some, you have the, yeah, let's say a guy's a scholar. Then you have someone who pretends to be a scholar who comes and says, ah, Oichmera, Oichmera You know, he's, all, he, he's also a chacham. So that seems to be, al ta, do not put me ba in someone who's also a servant, meaning he's a servant. A real ser- but deeper he means don't put me in the world where, where the service is with anger af, as opposed to the service where I'm totally bottled to you, you there's two types of Adam Kili b'nei Yisrael to me the Bnei Yisrael avadim, that's one level and then there's above that Vavram Avram who loves me it's above being a servant because the servant is compelled to do my wish Avram loves to do he's above an eved keben lefnei amelekh like a prince in front of his father but the amar david amelekh all va shalom and david amelekh says shlaiya mabkhanas evad shalomata he doesn't want to be of the lower kind of eved elama eved shalomaila he wants to be the eved that's higher than ben avdi david avdi that kind of level of servant and again it's mashma from the mimer that the main problem with that is an aseret yom in the time when we sing because it's all part of ladavid hashem oiri. This, this ladavid hashem oiri we say during Elul and in this heightened consciousness, I'm asking you, God, don't put me there because now I'm. A, when we go away from this and we're not meant to live in this heightened awareness all year long, we're not meant. God doesn't want us there. He wants us to be in a more dimmer place and over there to serve Him by breaking ourselves to serve. So the rest of the year, maybe it's a, there is that madrega of being a lower evid, evet. But on, on this deep time, basically, right after Rosh Hashanah, right after, I'll put it in simple words, right after Yom Kippur, it's not good to be in a state where you have no excitement to go in a sukkah and you're dragging yourself in a sukkah. It's not good to be in a state where you don't want to do the arba ar- ar- minim and you're just doing it because I have no choice because God told you. It's right after Yom Kippur, a mitzvah should be precious, exciting to you to the point where you can't wait to get into the Sukkah. You can't wait to do the Dalat venam. You're, you're so excited. because at this, you're just coming from this high, and at least it should that's the idea., where it's only asiya, when you're doing actions, believe Tam without reason, and over here, Tam doesn't only mean reason. Without time means without taste. I mean, there's no taste to it. Like a servant who's serving his master, he does as will. It doesn't give him a reason. I'm just doing it. I have no choice. Um, what is that? davar. To everything, to to everything. Now going back to the yichud. And that's part of what we're asking. Don't let my chitzanias alev. Because deep inside, even when we're serving Hashem, like pa'af avdecha. That Jew that's come, come doing a mitzvah, because he has no choice. That Jew also has a panimius alev. Problem is that his penimiya salav and his chitsainiya salav, his internal are, are separated and not communicate. But when it's vayachid livavay, know that my external heart is connected to the deeper heart, the yachid then vayade, yichud beiz livavay spikriya shema, through the, the yichud of the two hearts by shema, which we said earlier happens by the shema because the higher heart goes by the shema, then later when asati besadcha, you get your lower heart together. Then after that you connect your two souls and both of them are yearning for a God, then you can draw down light through Torah. As we said earlier, for my honor, I have created it, meaning you draw Hashem into kveidi, into COVID, into Torah. for this reason, nekram edim. Now we'll understand why heaven and earth, which is Tayrashab and Tayrashabah, are called to witnesses. Because, by looking at the Torah and seeing if it's filled with godly light, you can tell if the Jews were really observing it. If Jews heart to Hashem, can see where your hearts are. If your hearts are to me, because if your heart is to me, then the Torah is. But then he adds, so here is where the Mimur mamish is cryptic, and and in this Mimer, it's. Seems like he drops it in the middle. In the corresponding discourse over here, he speaks more icy. I said, maybe we're going to learn a little bit from here, but let's see. Yarev kamotar, let it drip, or let it, yeah, let it drip like rain. Kiyesh, Kiyesh what? The Torah should drip like rain, Moshe Rabbeinu was saying. Because there's two levels in the Torah. Talmud Ma'isa. Two ways of learning. One aspect of learning Torah is, because what he's going to explain is, why does Moshe Rabbeinu say, Yarev kamatar likhi, let my words, rain, drop like rain. Tizal let it, let katal, it, um, let it flow like tal, like do, imrasi my words. Both of them are referring to Torah, but there's two levels in limudat Torah. And that is as follows. One type of learning is, Talmud de maizam. Well, you're learning because you want to know what. You're learning... Why you are learning? Because you want to know what to what to do. You need to know. You need to know how to how to. How, how, oh. I need to learn Hilch Shabbos to know how to keep Shabbos. I need to learn Hilch Sukkah to know how to make a Sukkah correctly. So you're learning, as Chazal say, the Talmud is great. It brings to action. k'de ha-din. You're learning in order to know the din. Em if you'll need, you never know. I need to know the halachas. Now, it seems like from the other mimer, that for this, not from here, but from, in, from the other mimer in, in here, the other version of the mimer, for this kind of learning, you don't, have to, you don't have to speak it. For this kind of learning, what? The main reason you're learning is just to know the information. So that you can just read it with your eyes. And you don't have to say it for the other kind of learning where it's about drawing God down into the Torah and that's a learning where you're you're, you're learning halachas that you're never going to learn it's not gay. you know you're never going to need to know this but you're learning it anyways because you love because you want to connect that's a different kind of learning then you have to speak it but over here it's mashma that he's only he, he brings this two in Torah but he never says what the second Bechina is. So either he's hiding both together over here. That's why I'm not so sure. Here he says, be here or And with thinking is not enough. Ah, no, see? He's not talking over here that you need to speak. That's wrong. He's, t- he's t- not saying you don't need. When he's saying, could be this kind of learning, he never says you have to speak. I, made a, I read it wrong earlier. This type of learning is what? is the main thing is concentration. This kind of learning, the main thing is deep contemplation. Co- concentration. What he means, I, I totally misread it before. The loisagi means, looking, glancing at it quickly, loisagi not, is not enough. Why? Because you're not going to know about Allah, unless you really learn it. I took out yesterday, right after Yom Kippur, I said I'm going to learn Hilchah I have a very I love I love learning the mystical stuff. I have such a hard time pushing myself to learn halacha. It's like pulling teeth. I try. So I asked. I said, okay, I'm sitting down, I'm gonna learn the halacha. it's fine. So I start learning <laughs> ask me today what I learned yesterday, I have no clue. And then I say, all right. Because uh, you can't, you're not going to know halacha. You know, it's complicated halachas of a sukkah there. The schach from the tree, if it's more, if it's less. And then he, and he goes through five halachas, long discussions about it. Then he says, and that's only one opinion. Then there is the other opinion, according to the second opinion, and it gives you such a headache. And then you need a, and, the, and, the, and then you're forgetting which opinion it is. And when, but that's the point. What he's saying over here. Thinking quickly in it, Loisgi, You have to learn it till you can engrave it in, the, in your heart. But this is a learning where what's your intention in learning however, over here is? What's your int- intention in learning over here? is to know the Allah. and that's maybe maybe the, the diuk is Yaroif, Kamotar. Likhi. Likhi means you have to really take it. Likhi means to take. You have to take it. It has to become part of you. Maybe it also is associated with the word yarif because it involves a certain breaking. Like, Yarev means the motion. Yarev Kamata. And when the rain comes down, it's compared to water. And what sense is it compared to rain? Because what does rain do? because it says when rain comes down it does what I desire what does it mean that rain does what God desires it says further if it doesn't return the rains will not go back it will quench the thirst of the earth it will make the earth grow and make it sprout forth and it will give meaning what what does God want when God gives rain, it makes the earth grow vegetation. Let's think about it. How much vegetation does the earth grow across the planet? Like like, like, Wow. Tons, tons, tons. Probably billions of tons of food across the planet. The earth is this unbelievable food machine. Have you ever think about that? The earth is the most unbelievable food machine. Boom! What it puts out in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a year, think about it, the earth, across the world. What, is, what does God have from all that? From all that food, which obviously is fed by the rains. The few people who ate their vegetables and their food, and they used the energy that they got from the food to love God, that's all God has. For that, he has the billion, the billions of, of pounds and tons of food. That's the meaning. I send my ray down. And it does. That's what he has these words. These words. It's cavaldic. See, it's good I didn't give up on the mimer. And the person will eat. And with the energy that he gets from the food, he will say. I love God, and then the food itself will be Ola In that love, guess what? For that, the whole monsoon came. The whole rains and all that it gave was to be... So, so now it's saying the Torah is like rain. In what? The Kach Torah in this comparison to rain. The Torah does the same thing. It rains down on your soul, giving you the ability to love Hashem. We said earlier that the Jew gives life to the Torah. We said earlier, no? Didn't we say that? We give life to the Torah. But then the Torah, in turn, gives life to the Jew. The Yid gives, once the Jew is loving God and yearns for God, then he, and then he learns Torah, he draws God into the Torah. But what's going to excite, what's going to give koyach to the neshama when we're living in a physical world to get excited about God? you learn Torah that empowers your your tefillah. So your tefillah empowers your Torah. Your Torah empowers your tefillah. It works in a a cycle like this. So, You can say v'avta. But, in order for that Torah to be potent, the Torah that you're learning, that it it should be some godly juice in it, you have to daven first. So that's how you see, how does rain come? Rain comes from the clouds, but first there's thunder and lightning, and then rain comes. So the thunder and the lightning is your davening. The davening is the thunder and the lightning, the bittal, the love, the bittal, the mesiras nafish, nefesh, the rash, the fire. That's what creates the rains. The rains give you kayakta to love. The love, so it's, it is, but well, it's interesting. So how do you make sense of that? You're right. He says in the maimer earlier that Mesir nefesh doesn't require a rash. Ah, I know what it is. <coughs> I have the answer. You know what the answer is? That's the difference. The nefesh only kiss is Masiris nefesh is without the rash. But you gotta bring the animal soul as well. And when the animal soul is involved, it is berash. And that's why it's the Ramim va'ovim. It's the rash means a tumult, a uh, noise, excitement. So the animal soul gets excited with the rash, and that's the Ramim va'ovim. That's the um, the the thunders and the clouds. So they they're created by what they're created through our davening, and then the Torah comes down and the rains. They in turn bring you to love and the love. But this is all one kind of learning it's the learning to know the, to know Maiz. What's the second kind of learning? He doesn't mention. He says, Yes, pays So over here in this mimer, which is the same mimer, but written by the Mitla Rebbe, not the same version. And over here he says, He says, Before it rains, Ha'ovim, ye kholay su barash feram khakh batfillah arash khanasarash kemosh kosaf tsak liba bitzakola sham barash va akh khakh balimada taira akhriat fillah ub khanas yridas the rains of the learning torah after the davening kemosh kosaf kaine devarai the zawiyarif kamotar it will rain like rain likhi you will take me Kiyesh kial yaday pchenas toy razusha matar. You have the orin soif becomes connected to the neshamis. Shaloi khem you take me. The chol zeh, but all of this is all yaday pchenas eserusa deletata. All of this is that we're creating it. Matar. Kemoi rain Chayardai dai sibes halah Like rain, rain. How does rain fall? Well, the mist goes up. Rain's come down. So we said earlier through our davening. We create it. We draw it down. Through Now you come to this Torah. a higher level. There's no iseru It's a second level of Torah. But this, this type of Torah is not for the sake of knowledge. Eich how to do the mitzvahs. It's a mitzvah to speak the entire Torah, mikra, mishnah, even though you're never going to know, you don't have to know halachas. Even if you're not going to know halach. Don't let the Torah ever depart from your mouth this never stop because it's not dependent you say well I didn't daven in a couple of days I didn't evoke doesn't make a difference keep that that those words flowing all the time because there's another madrega in Torah that's always it's a channel that's just always channeling you just got to tune into the station but the channel is always the transmission is always there you just got to tune Whatever, whatever station is on, right? It it's like dew, dew is always falling. Okay? Because it's coming from a very high place where this rusital tata does not reach. And because the But this high level of Torah cannot reveal itself in a revealed way. This level of Torah, of Tal, is not able to fully reveal itself. That's why also do no one sees do. Rain you see when it's raining do, you can only see the evidence. You wake up and you see it, but there's no, it's not, doesn't have, this refined element of Torah is not, it's not, and this is what it says, He puts me into the Sukkot. These are the seven days of Sukkot, which is also, you're going into something, but it's hovering, it's above, it's dull. She nimshach ma'kifim the highest makifim, they go into the shach, and then there. Ki yidua b'pidosh v'sukar hoya yomam. Pidosh letzel means lahaster al pchenas or yomam. It's the sukkah is a sail for yomam, for the light of yomam, which is the higher light of the Torah. It's a shade that's hiding this incredible serousa uh, deliela light of the Torah. The Dalai imrasi. What does it mean, like to imrasi, dafka? Because this kind of learning requires that someone shouldn't have any self-consciousness when they're learning. You're so bottled when you're saying the words, it's just like you're like you're just channeling. It's like Hashem speaking. When Dvar the Mamish. Okay, we say Acha's. Acha's Sha'alti is when is Yisrael is called Acha's, that's when we rise to that deepest oneness of our heart. Achas is the same like Echad, but female. So when we are becoming a state of Achas, the Jewish neshama turning to Echad, so we become, it becomes a yichud of husband and wife between Hashem and the Jewish people. We receive the Echad in our souls. We, Mamash receive the Echad. Then we're called Achas Sha'alti. But then after that, that's on Yom Kippur. And then we receive the seven makifim on the days of Sukkot. That's like the seven seven makifim. to look in the pleasantness of God. He hides me in the sukkah. Yesterday we kept on saying, achas, achas v'yachas. Ad achas v'sheva. achas is the Jewish people when the Knesses Yisroel, there's Achas, and then you say, Achas vi Achas ushtayim, when Knessus Yisroel is Mekabel, is, 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 is from the seven Royim, from the seven Shepherd, which is Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov, Moshe and David, Shleima, Bezayin yemei asukas, in the seven days of Sukkot, Shem pechina zayin makifim. Now, I know Piddish, that's what we also have, but the Chassidim, we also have seven Chassidish Ushpizim. It means every day you're plugging into another, the other tzaddik that illuminates your neshama. Even this, it seems like there's much more missing than what it says. It's interesting that after the mimer, over here there's no explanation. In Torah, only the mimer was put. Which, meaning contrary to many places where the mimer and the beer, over here in this in the in the book of Tav, this there is a beer. A whole explanation on what we just learned, and it's mamish like seven eight pages, which tells you one thing that there's a lot over here that is probably unknown to what we just learned. So it's a very, um, I would say, uh, on the surface kind of what we got. It would be nice. I just didn't have it, I didn't see this, I didn't have a chance to learn the beer on the mimer, which would probably add so much to understanding everything that we had just learned. Okay. When that's gonna happen, ich nicht. But right now, this is what we got. Take care, everyone. Have a really, really happy sukkah. It's interesting. If you learn just the if you learn just the Mimer Lakuti Torah, it's it's a Sarasya chuva Mimer, it's not a sukkis mimer. When we learn the same mimer over here, he brings in the whole sukkahs in the end. Okay.